Atkinson. Care for a rubdown. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? Very Yeah, g'day Draft Degenerates, welcome to the first hit-up of 2024 season for The Wire, and of course, you're talking to all three of us, we've got the rub down, myself, Natty, Wooker, and the baby blues, yeah. the Roo, what's going on, Guru? Ooh, the Roo. Boys, I've missed you, I'm not going to lie, I have really, really missed you, and how good is a bit of draft again, how good? Oh, From- it's, it's never too early, never too early in the season. Right, we started very early. Premature ejaculation for draft. We were hitting it in November. Wild scenes, absolute mm. wild scenes. But now it's it's January. We're uh, we're humming. We're up and going now, and and starting to try and click the mind into gear for the twenty twenty four draft. How are you going with it, all mate? Got, you're you're spinning a lot of plates, Guru. Is draft still up there for you? Yeah, still number one by far and away. Uh, probably been a little bit quieter in the preseason than previously, but uh, we'll be gearing up over the next few weeks. We've got uh, for classic people. We've got beers and break evens returning this week, so you get stuck into that with the great uh, Timmy Williams, who just mm. signed with the Raiders. So very exciting time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's Timmy. Yeah, Timmy's absolutely flying at the moment. And then uh, we've got, yeah, a heap of draft content coming. I think my draft is 37 days away. The boys might have Ooh. said yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's warming up very quickly. Got oh, some okay. work to do, mate. Mm. And being the president of the CBA Association, I mean, oh. you should be all over it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, as you can see, I'm actually in the new ending. Uh, <laughs> the new named the uh, CBA Center of Excellence. So uh, oh. this is where they all come through. Yeah, love that. <laughs> love that. It's a pretty well, strong resume. I'm going to pop the top off one of these Mark Tinicellos because I'm very thirsty. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good gear. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Right, where do we start? I've heard I've heard you got a bit of a bone to pick with this guru. Go on then. This will be cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, boys, I uh, obviously do a lot of content with a lot of people and um, you two I consider to be genuine friends. There's other people like uh, the Broncos winger, uh, Phoenix Crossland, uh, Bobby Boucher that I, I consider to be a associate, <laughs> but I consider you two to be genuine friends of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. They won. And um, mm-hmm. you know, every year I like to throw you a little bone early, give you a little tip. And uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know, like an Isaac Tungo, whether it's a Reuben Cotter last year for Wook, it was Jermaine Hopgood. Yep. Um, i got a little tip for you this year. Ooh. And, uh, there's good news and there's bad news. So I'm going to start with the positive. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I want to congratulate you both uh, with babies on the way. It is mm-hmm. yeah. fantastic news. And I'm super excited for you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> the negative. And sometimes... Sometimes it takes someone that cares about you a lot to deliver news to you sometimes that you need to hear. Uh, I am so fucking sick of hearing a 10 to 15 minute opening to every one of your fucking podcasts about <laughs> how you've got a kid or your wife's pregnant. I have never seen two that are more fucking desperate to convince people they've had sex. It is unfucking believable and it has to stop. <laughs> it's fucking. Yeah, 
Mate, do you uh, do you stretch before you do any sort of physical activity? You know, warm up before you play football, <laughs> anything like that? Because that's what we're all we gotta, about. We just gotta loosen the tonsils. Somehow. That's it. Just and just it's, warm it's into just it, about baby. Bitching and moaning about the the situation we've got. This type of excellence in podcasting just doesn't cut straight off the bat. We have to warm into it. And and Excellent. it's hard to peak so early, so quickly. We get there eventually, but, like, we need to warm into it, baby. And, yes, I, I do need to realize, I make everyone realize that there is a woman out there that will lay next to me. Boys, the content game Sometimes is a game, and you two, <laughs> you're falling further and further oh. away with that sort of chat. I'm, I'm just telling you the so hard reality so we can get it sorted. Hold up. I'll give you that one, Brew, mate. You've um, you've outdone yourself. Yeah, yeah, fair. You were you were a good one. Yeah, hundred percent. You were a good Hello? one. Hello, hello, anybody home? Hold on, is Guru with us here or what? Oh, he's 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 thrown down the sting and he's gone. He's fucked just, off. He was. Just, he's, he's just he's got... dropped. He's dropped the mic and he's fucked off. <laughs> Talking about peaking early. Oh wow! Well, he's come on. And he sledged us, and and that'll do him. Or he lasted all of four four and a half minutes. And fuck you, I'm out. Well, here she is. I was um I was carrying on about uh, Wooker maybe shitting the bed in this podcast, but my God, haven't you just fucking come on here? He's had a sledge, one of the sledges. He's been practicing it in front of his in the mirror. He's dropped the sledge and then dropped his bundle, got out of here before we could have anything to retaliate with. What a coward. I haven't any courage at all. Yeah, it's a coward move. And- yeah, sorry about that, boys. I, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even insulted by the facts uh, in the mirror because that happened for two and a half hours today. Uh, <laughs> I thought I nailed it until the internet turned off. <laughs> good times. How good? Oh, God. That is classic. That oh. is very good. That is very good. I'll cop it on the gym too. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. You wait until you Look, start having kids, Guru. It is fucking your life, and it's disgusting, but it is. Yeah. Won't hear a word from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Suffering okay, silence, darling. Then, my friend. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, boys, I thought I'd get us all together here for The Wire because as this preseason builds, there are some really interesting burning questions for mm. the draft in 2024, which we'll get to. And one of the best people to talk to uh, about these questions is the Rue himself because he's got his little birdies. He's got his ear close to the ground. He's got his finger on the pulse, which we love. So plenty of good uh, shit coming out for that. But I just thought we'd kick it off with a little bit of a draft strategy chat. Guru, you're probably going to draft before uh, Wook and I, mm. so you, yeah. you need to fucking get your shit sorted quick. Talk to me. Where are we heading here? Do you know? Do you know where you're picking? How is your, if not how how is your league picking the draft order? Um, boys, I wish I had more answers for you, but um, we uh, we always allow okay, the good. thanks for coming, Guru. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs> we always allow uh, the previous year's winner to pick sort of how we do draft day challenges and whatnot. And last year... Oh, uh, so it's not up to you. Therefore. Nah, it's not up to me. And it was a privilege last year that the bloke, it was like, great for content and everything, the bloke, the bloke that uh, won the year before, Al, he uh, he chose a Melbourne Cup sweep. So I knew a couple of months out what was happening. It was great. Mm. Uh, Stevie, Stevie Hebner, who's a big uh, rubdown listener, he uh, he texted me straight away when you called us uh, the Mickey Mouse load the other day. got got really upset, the poor fella. Um, he, um, 
he, he won it last year. Rattle stations. Second, maybe third best team in the comp, but he won it last year. Um, so it's up to him uh, how we do our challenges. And I, I think it's going to go back to our usual shit fight of uh, you find out an hour before draft. Ooh. Yeah. I don't, I don't have mind that. Swivel. There, there, there mm. is some merit to that because it does. Everyone does start fucking panicking pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The people that you know put the effort in and are prepped and ready to go an hour before, like, what the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. I, yeah. I cannot tell you how good it was though. Having five months of knowing Nathan Cleary is going to be my first pick, it just, I, oh, I yeah. it was, it was the easiest thing in the world. So, looking forward to the challenge again this year of the chaos. So, really, the only one of us who knows where they're picking is Wooker at pick 11. Yep. Who do you think you're going to get, Wooker, at pick 11? Or who are you hoping slides to you at 11? Sorry, oh, do 11. you know who he's picking simply because he's not going to be there? Yeah. Oh, God. So, you get, I, yeah. so you, get, you get... um. So, I automatically get uh, 11, well, the second last pick because I've got a legitimate excuse not to be there. Yeah, yeah. there's two blokes that aren't coming. If you don't come, no. sorry. You can't be in the challenges, so you can't come. You can't come any more than last or second last, depending yeah. on uh, when you get your excuse in. So, Wooker having a child, I deem that a, a better excuse than whatever the other cunts doing. He's flying overseas or whatever. So, Wooker gets yep. pick eleven. What are we thinking here, Wook? Oh, mate, there's a, there's a couple of ones that I'd be very keen for if they slide pretty far. Look. Legitimately, I think one that may slide and look, I got burned by it last season, but Tommy Turbo might slide back there. And look, if it's a it's a risk that I'd be willing to take. Um but yeah, someone might want to take the risk earlier. But when you He's look at ready guys to be like, hurt again, people. Yeah, I know. When you when you look at guys like Fafita, I mean Tino I'm probably not looking at and like Grant's probably gonna go a bit earlier. Munster's probably going to go a bit earlier, and I'm not that not that keen on him. Um, yeah, I've got to do a bit of study and and have a look at the guys what the guys picked last season as well. That are obviously going to pick ahead of me because that'll give you us. You sound indication. rattled already, bro. I've got you this year. I'm just going to put it out straight away. Can we timestamp? I'm in that? your. I'm in your brain. Can bro. we? Can we? Can we timestamp that? <laughs> I will. Five oh four. Got you covered. Do we genuinely think Turbo can get down to eleven? I, if I was pick seven, I didn't. I didn't think Turbo would get to me. To be honest with you, I there is not a hope in hell. I would let him get past pick five or six. Maybe I'm mad, but I would not let him you, go. You you have a look at the last four seasons and how many games he's played in those each of those seasons. I don't think it matters. That's, though. He's that's, guy that's, that's the reason. Top. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the guys in my league, in our league, sorry, are pretty risk averse with those type of picks. So, look, it's a risk I'd take it at where I am. If I was pick seven or pick eight, I'm not sure if I, if that that risk is something that I'd want be wanting to take. If I told you he hasn't played over 15 games in the last five years, would that surprise you? Not in the no, slightest. not not at all. But you know that when he's on the field, if he's just fit for those couple of games, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'll tell you but- what, it surprised me. I actually didn't think it was that bad. I was like, oh, he, he might have had a couple of bad years. Obviously, um, you know, 2022 was a, a pretty poor year. But when I mm. looked in, I was like, fuck, the cunt never plays. Yeah. it's a, And that, that's one of the reasons why I think he might he might slide um, that far. So, look, I'm but- not, I'm, 
this are you going to gamble that the year you let him slip is the year he plays 22 oh, games what, and wins a comp for you? If he plays yeah. 22 games this year, you're taking him pick three next year. 100%. If not, 100%. I, yeah, for sure. There's not a hope in hell I'd be letting him get out of the top five. Mm, wow, that's that's a little bit too uh, juicy that's, for that, my that's, liking. That's a bit spicy for. I for like him at around some... yeah, pick eight, something like that. I'm I'm <laughs> willing to go. There's a there's a few other guys that uh, I, I'd like over him, but again, you know we're big gamblers, and he is the number one draft gamble, and has been big for time. the last five years. Every year it's a gamble, and. You, you make the gamble and everyone's fucking stoked when they have him. Everyone's stoked. And then he gets injured and everyone mm. goes, fuck. But yeah. maybe this is the year that he plays a full season. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? I, I'm, I'm concerned about what my options will be, but I'm not going to know until until the day. So I'll, I'll do some prep. I'll, I'll have a few strategies in place. And look, I'm still going to nail it one way or another. Oh. Oh. Look, hey mate, let's look back at every draft day. It's not the draft day that I fail. No, at. that's that's true. That's very true. That's My track record true. is good. Yeah, um, it's it's every when whenever you look at those YouTube videos, we're constantly getting the speed wobbles. They don't get they don't get the speed wobbles when they start pedaling. It's a little bit down the track when they start getting those whoop, 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 whoop. the wooker wobbles. Can't yeah. wait. The 2024 Wooker Wobbles, looking forward to them immensely. All right, well, do we start getting into some questions here? Because, fuck, we've got some sexy ones here. Ooh, the first a, one I want to kick off with is the Knights back rower situation here, Guru. So we actually recorded the 2RF podcast the other night. hasn't dropped yet, but one of my chub rubs or my main chub rub is Tyson Frizzell. And this was mm. before I heard you talk about him playing left. So I'd already picked up Wild. that there was some value to be had in Tyson Frizzell just because of some of the injury-affected games or resting or whatever it may be, just fluctuation in minutes over the last couple of years. He actually averages sixty over 60 in 80-minute games over the last two, two years. So there's value there anyway. And then you put in the fact that he may be playing on one of the most potent attacking edges in the game. That's something that I like. But also the talk of Kai Pierce-Paul or um, Dylan Lucas getting, Mm -hmm. and I don't care where, whoever gets the shot, I don't care which edge they play. Either of them I'm pretty interested in, really interested in Dylan Lucas. But can you shed some light on the Knights back rower situation? Have you heard anything? Is there anything concrete about Frizzell on the left? Talk to me, son. I am pretty sure you will see Tyson Frizzell line up on the left. Um, I wouldn't say it's concrete, but uh, it is drying, boys. It is drying very quickly. If you tried to put a handprint in it, you'd come up with duck eggs, I think. Uh, (laughs) I think you'll see Frizzell on the left edge. That right edge is interesting. Uh, Kuyper's ball, he's had an injury in the Uh, offseason. He'll be there round one, round two, early days. So He's a unit, only. He is a unit for sure. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm not sure if he when he was over in the Super League, he played a bit of center, he played a bit of second row, mm. uh, he played on the right edge as well. Um, I think long term wise, he will be the back rower there. Dylan Lucas is very interesting. Uh, mm. So you boys have gone through his stats, and it's a small sample yeah. size, five or six games, which yep. in terms of a season is small, but. Five or six games is a reasonably good whack. I think he's averaging about 50 base stats across those games when he's playing in the back row. Um, 
I reckon he is every chance to land that spot. But I think once Kai Pierce-Paul is fit and available, um, it's going to be very interesting. I also yeah. wouldn't rule out Jed Cartwright either, uh, which yeah, is okay. uh, oh, yeah, from an exciting too. option. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't be ruling Jed out. I think, um, you know, a lot like all teams, the Newcastle Knights have realised they can score points left, right and centre, but they uh, defensively they need to aim up. Um, which, mm. you know, as we know, that that, that left side, uh, you've got Bradman Best, you've got Greg Mars, you're two guys that have struggled in the past defensively, and I believe that's why Tyson Brazell is making the move over there. So yeah, it's got sure, nothing to do with that I think it's yeah. about showing up that edge. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we get to that right edge, you might have Kai Pierce Paul, you might have Dylan Lucas with a bit more upside, but wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if the best defender wins on that edge. Mm. Um, I think Pierce Paul coming over here, I'm very excited about him, huge upside. Yep. Uh, but I think it'll be a big test defensively. Uh, him and the other kid that's come over, Will Price, yep. uh, I think the physicality will be a big step up. So I think it might and take... And it, is, it uh, is a faster game as well. And I want to to Super League, so... Without a doubt, yeah. He's got mm-hmm. all the ability, Kai Pierce Paul. I'm very excited about him. But this Dylan Lucas, fuck, if you draft him and he manages to hold on to that edge spot, fuck, even if he doesn't play 80 minutes, if he plays 60 minutes... Mm-hmm. I reckon you've got yourself absolute fucking gold there, but it is a big gamble because that is a crowded little spot, that right edge. Yeah, but I mean, what what would you be spending? Like a 17th pick or something like that? Like, no, no one's really looking at him. Oh, people are looking at him, I think. I think people are uh, looking at him. Especially with Kai Piss Paul out for the first few weeks, mate. And he's going to mm. be there. No one's going to see Kai Piss Paul in trials. So I, I think the stocks of Dylan Lucas will absolutely skyrocket. He is mm. one of the few dual position guys, 50 in base start. He's going to be a talking yeah. point in classic as well. I reckon the closer the season gets, the more popular Dylan Lucas is. is he, he'll be hot property. In classic, is he priced at a 55 average? Or is he's or priced he only played at a 40 five. point average? So he's like, yeah, there's right. a bit of gain there, but if he mm. plays 80 minutes there, you could have a fair cash out fucking 400K, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's one of those things, isn't mm. it? Like as soon as guys gets, um, get to talking about uh, players that are really good for classic, the the draft value just bottoms out. Yeah, that's Every year we see it. overdrafted for sure. Yep. We start going, yeah, okay, fuck, this guy looks good. And then classic, if he's a really good option in classic, it's just all over social media and that sort of line between classic and draft gets muddled. And the value just bottoms out. But very interesting, all three guys, to be honest. I mean, Tyson mm. Frizzell, really interested in him. He only scored four tries. I mean, if he throws another three or four on top of that, playing on that edge, especially when defenses oh, we- probably aren't looking at him when mm. they're attacking, when you've got Best, KP, Marzu. Um, yeah, fuck. That's uh, that's very sexy. I'm big, I'm big on Tyson Frizzell. And I was oh, before he was playing left. I think if you scored points for decoy runs, I think he's going to go really well. I don't think he's going to be on the, on the end of many of those attacking raids, if I'm honest. Yeah, but you don't think so? watch them how they no. played last year, man. Lockie Fitzgibbon played an integral yep. part in a lot of those games. There was a lot 100, of... 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I think Frizzell will still get a lot of ball there. I think he'll come mm. up a lot of it, you know, offloads to KP. Off, off, offloads is probably where we'll get the yeah. offloads leading to tries and things like that is definitely yeah. where we'll get and it. Like, I don't think have a look at The way that Jackson plays in particular, obviously watching very closely. If he's on that left mm. edge, Jackson loves to play to his back rower and get a quick play of the ball off the back of it. And I know with an experienced head like Frizzell, he will use him all the time down there. So I, 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 I think he will be in for a uh, uptick 
in a oh, yeah. well, all, all, all you have to do is look back at uh, Tyson Vizel playing in other teams and the halfbacks that have played next to him or the 5 that have played next to him. Like, take your mind back to when he was playing State of Origin. He had, you know, some of the best halves in the comp yeah. playing next to him and them using him. He was an ATS for me, betting-wise, every single game that he was playing because mm. he runs such a hard fucking line and he does it consistently. And all you have to do is start using the guys around him, wait until defenses move or slide away from him, and he's going to run that fucking gap and just ball off the hip. He's so hard to stop. I mean, he's a fucking strong boy. So mm. I think I think he can honestly score seven, eight, nine tries in 2024 if he's on that left edge. And in the last couple of years, he's had so many injury-affected games that have impacted his average season long. So you add, what, four points to those those averages from last season – He's already getting around that 60 average. So, And the funny thing is, like, he does have those injury-affected games, but he's still playing 20-plus games in both mm. those seasons. So yeah, it's like the perfect scenario. Like, there's yeah. enough there to show you some value, but he's still – you can have a look at the games he's playing and you go, well, he's, he's pretty fucking stalwart with the games that he's playing. You know, he's not – it's not as if he's mm. having an injury-affected game and then having four or five games off because of that injury. He's yeah. usually back the next week or something like that. Yeah. It's just one or two games that are being limited with minutes and um, that's showing up in his um, averages well, – value for average anyway. Mm. And I like that. Well, like, there's, there's better halfbacks in the game, obviously, than Jackson, but – the way that Jacko, like he's a master of just the little small things in rugby league as far as squaring up and like he will just get Tyson one on one with halfbacks so often. Mm. It will be his entire fucking mm. mission the entire season. And there's not too many guys in the league that are just week to week are better than that. Uh, I think I said yesterday on Instagram Rail, it didn't shock me that as soon as Calum Hong had finally had a halfback that understood the game and understood mm. the basics of it. He wins a Dahlia medal in 15 weeks. Like, not a coincidence yeah. at all. I mean, he, he's a real good foil to, to Ponga's attack and output. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being a defender and looking up and you've got Hasto with ball out in front and then you've got Best lining up. Marzu, the beast, is out there on the wing. Big fucking Tyson Frizzell is charging at you. And KP ready to goose step the fuck out of you around the back. Like, what do you do? Hands on heads, not playing anymore. I'd be pulling a hammy. I'm done. Coach, get me off. I don't want any part of this. Fuck this. It is going to be special that night's left. Um, all right, let's move on. Des Hasler's effect on the Titans, especially the Ford pack. Mm. So Wook and I were touching on this when we were talking about David Feeder and Tino especially. What's your thoughts here, girl? I have heard you speak a little bit about this, obviously taking your mind back to Des Hasler when he was coaching Manly and how he was rotating his forwards. What's your thoughts here? Is it going to impact uh, these Titans players, especially these guns that you're going to have to pay up big for? And I'm talking about David Feeder and Tino. Yeah, I think you definitely need to take it into consideration. There's a number of factors out there at the Titans that has me worried. Obviously, as a super coach prospect, I should say, I'm very excited mm. about it as an NRL side. But as a super coach prospect, Jez Hasler, similar to Wayne Bennett, well known for completely mm. fucking super coach forwards. Um, you can add Todd Payton to that. Yes, fair. He's starting to grow in that realm, yes. But uh, Desi Hasler, he's on Mount Rushmore, you know. He, he, <laughs> yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to my mate, Steve, who won our comp last year, who's very good at Supercoach draft, and he he drafted for Fita last year. So he's obviously uh, a little bit higher in mm. him than the average there. But he sort of said to me that he doesn't see any concerns with them whatsoever, and I just sat there and went, oh, I'm sorry. But the, 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 he is 
there are a lot of concerns that for me don't make him an absolute slam dunk. I think the other thing you need to consider, and I think it's very unlikely, but with Bo Fermor returning, like he was carving on, on the left edge before he got uh, injured. And, you know, who's the better option on the left edge? I think it's Fafita 100%. Don't get me wrong. But if Fermor can, can play well on the left edge and you know Fafita can be as dominant on either side of the fucking field, you might see Fafita jump over to this. Mm. I don't think it'll happen, but when you're drafting your – you know, like I, I, I think in some comps based on averages last year and, you know, the way that people think the Titans are going to improve, I think Fafita could go six, seven around that. Oh, no, 100%. That's, that's 100%. where that, I think we've got him pegged at about seven or eight. It's See, for, for me, I'd be looking elsewhere. Like I'd be, yeah. I'd be definitely going a guy like uh, Scotty Drinkwater before I go with Dave Fafita. I, think, I, I honestly think they'd be crazy moving Fafita across back to the right. He changed, he changed the way he was playing last season. He started to take the game a bit more serious. He was definitely doing the tough stuff. And from an NRL perspective, he wasn't drifting in and out of games. He was in there doing doing the hard work, which you haven't really seen from him before. Um, that excited me. Um, and I, I think a lot of that had to do with Forer. And, yeah. and I think Foz has been a really good influence on him. Uh, like, Firma, speaking Firma's been speaking of Froz, speaking of Foz... Uh, is because obviously Desi coming in, having a relationship with Foz, do you think Desi goes to Foz first up, probably the first person he talks to mm. in this team and goes, what am I doing here? What should I change? What are you and liking? Foz, Foz wasn't there when Furman was playing either, was he? Mm. So is it is it a is it a case of Foz going, don't take Fafita away from me. I, I need him next to me. I'm, you know, I'm working with him. It's going well. Touch anyone else, but. The combination I've got with Dave Fed is working, so just leave it. And maybe, you know, Foz is one of the only blokes that, that Desi had listened to. And I think there's every chance that plays out. But once again, this is Des Hasler we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the more common sense you try to apply, probably the first thing you can get away from it. So, I, so and you know what, I like the beauty of this, that unless you're one of those Muppets that's fucking drafting in on Feb 1, you will hopefully get to see at least one or two trials. Mm. And if you mm. haven't got your eyes painted on, you should be at least be able to see which side of the field for feeder and both Furmore are standing on. So we'll have yeah. more information when we get there. But I just, I don't know. that it's just, He's just had a long history of just screwing around with super coach forwards uh, that I just don't trust. And I think with Fafita, you know, he's going to be a decade, a decade long guy there. Um, you know, he's now playing origins. He's playing internationals. Like his schedule is just getting busier and busier. He's mm. injured right now. He had to have off season surgery. Mm, as well. yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, there's just, he's not, he's not a certainty for round one. No, he's not. And, he's, yeah. and, and that's the other thing as well. You might not see him in trials. And it, what, mm. what, what the fuck are we going to do if we get to trials and Bo Fermore, because Fafita's not there, is lining up on his edge? Yeah. Mm. There's every chance that's going to play out and you get to draft day and you're trusting that your number one pick is this juggernaut second row playing outside Kieran Foran when he could end up outside Tanner Boyd on the weaker side for the rest of the mm. season. I don't think yeah. he will. It's a big punt to take. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it's interesting, isn't flipping, it? Because flip, flipping the side of the coin, though, where do you take Firmo coming off an ACL? Mm. Do you take him at all, or do you let him become someone else's problem? Another guy that I think will be very, very popular. He's going to be very relevant in classic. He's going to be spoken about. He's going to be on everyone's radar. Both Firmo, um, I a lot, probably a lot, won't less, a lot less risky in classic, obviously. Heaps less risky, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but once again, if we get to trials and he's running outside Kieran Foran, his stocks are going to absolutely skyrocket. Mm. There's every yeah. chance he probably could be. Um, yeah. 
you know, it wasn't that long ago we were looking at both of them or everyone tipping him, oh, he'll play Origin next year. Yeah, so yeah I think he'll true. be a very popular guy. He's an attacking guy. Like, and, and I, I sort of, before I looked at his stats, because it's been so long since I've seen both film or play footy, I, I just sort of went, oh. You, you forgot his name. Forgot his name. name. <laughs> I, I, like, you just, uh, he averaged well because he scored a lot of tries. Then you actually look at his stats, and he's like his base stat averaging like a high 45 to 50 sort of range from memory. Mm, yeah, yeah. With Which is sexy. And tries. So let's say yep. mm. that's still a great season. Yeah. Rule of thumb, though, in draft is never draft someone with it coming off an ACL. Well, the first year back from an ACL anyway. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a new rule that I, I'm employing for sure. It's always been a rule. You just ignored it last year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I also think there's so many people that apply that rule that there becomes value in these guys. And Thurmore yeah. yeah. might have averaged 62 years ago. I wouldn't draft him at a 60 average, but I'm confident he can get a 52, 53 average, which there's yeah. great value there all of a sudden. And mm. that is the the, the caveat be, behind everything that we say, right, is that, yes, we're saying, okay, there's risk behind Fafita. There's risk behind Tanner. There's risk behind Thurmore. But at some point in a draft, these cunts need to be taken because of value. You need to be like water. You need to hit, keep your head on a swivel. And fuck, if people are taking heed of these these risks and they let them slide, then it's worth the risk at some point in the draft. So that's yeah. behind everything that we talk about here. And that's, I mean, that's the fun of the draft, isn't it? Because it's like, look, if he's at this pick, I'm not a big, but if he slips two or three more picks past that, Exactly right. And yeah. hello. A really good time to point out and remind people that with a lot of guys, I know myself anyway, this time of the year, I'm looking for the negatives of blokes because yep. a guy like Fafita, like, do I need to point out to you guys that he's hard to fucking tackle and every time he gets into <laughs> dummy half, he's still stuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like, exactly. You know what the upside is, but the downside mm. is what you need to be aware of coming into a season like this. Yeah. And selfishly, I like to put out as much negative press about players as possible and hope that the people in my league are listening uh, so that it muddies the water a little bit and then all of a sudden, <laughs> hello, that draft value just pops into my lap. <laughs> and don't lie, Guru, you know you do it. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about, boys. Nah, I, knew you, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I reckon- no, no comment. <laughs> the one guy that really worries me about in that whole situation is Tino because mm-hmm. big boy, I think his minutes get cut. Minutes, he's minutes, a he's yeah. a guy that I, I like. It'd have to be fantastic value for me to take. I'm more you got, you got confident. Pal- you got Palace coming in. You got a, a fit Joe Majolif again. Like they've got a. And we lot know of, Desi likes to rotate his big mm-hmm. boys and keep them fresh. You know yeah. what I mean? Does he need to play? Tino at 65 minutes like he has been? Probably not. I mean, it's great for us when he plays 65 minutes, but Desi doesn't give a fuck about Supercoach. So yeah. he's the one I'm really worried about, and I'd, I'll let him slide. Yeah. Actually, I'll just let him be someone else's problem, to be honest. The only thing about Tino that makes him appealing is the jewel. Yep. Yep. One of the very few. That is going to yep. be an absolute gold. Jewel. Are there jewels? Are there jewels this year? No, I think, they, I think they can't cancel jewels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, the other thing with Tino that, once again, you need to take into consideration the Desi Hasler factor, but I think that they are the sort of team, the Gold Coast Titans. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are expecting them to have a top eight or a top four spot locked up in round 26, 27. Like, I think there is every chance they're one of those teams that has to play late to make a finals charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just know that if they're must-win games, I don't know if Des Hasler has any choice but to turn to, in my opinion, 
a top two front row forward in the world to play big minutes and create yeah. opportunities. Yeah. So if you get an absolute slam dunk pick at number one, like a one, two or three, I, I don't love it, but I can understand your thinking with Tino that by the end of the season, they're probably going to be desperate for him to play big minutes. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, for the rest of the season, you better be damn confident that you're going to be able to compensate for Des Hasler's complete and utter yeah. fuckery for the rest of the year. And if you're in a captain's league, he's not a slam dunk as a captaincy option yeah. in those periods. And like, if you're spending possibly a turn pick on Tino, fuck, like, yeah. He scored six tries. You just can't bank on that. Mm. I, don't care who, I don't care who it is. You just not can't go in. Forward a lock. You just can't go into a season and and expect that to be replicated. So mm. and then so that plus Desi, it's just too many alarm bells for me. Oh, oh, let's get moving. Know, if you if you land like yep. an Nathan Cleary and you've got first pick and then you come back like in a comp like mine when you're what are you pick twenty eight or something? Oh, he won't slide to twenty eight. Surely your position stuff there. I, I can get yeah. it there, but then your next pick has to be another. High ceiling guy, whether you and even if you try and pair up with Nathan Cleary getting an Isaac Tungo or a Taylor May, whoever mm-hmm. plays right center, that's probably the only time I can really understand it. But I still don't think it's going to be for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page, brother. What about the Panthers lineup? Now I've already uh, soiled myself over the thought of Isaac Tungo playing right center. <sighs> I just think. Everyone fucking wins in that scenario. Cleary wins, Tungo wins, To'o wins. Everything's just super scintillating for me, and I'm getting right up around it. And and, and, and Taylor and and May still in playing May. on the left as well. So does that happen, or does Taylor May play right center? What are the birdies saying? What are the whispers saying? Because yeah, I want I want it to be Tungo on the right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have any solid mail on this one just yet, to be completely honest with you. But I think that, you know, th- there's obviously going to be two two spots available in that back line, depending on where Isaac Tungo lands and where Taylor May lands. Um, the only thing that worries me with them is that, you know, like Tyron Peach is in the squad still as well. Um, mm. I just, and I he played well last season. He played well, yeah. Um, there's obviously, you know, Tom Jenkins who's coming to the side as well. Uh, yep. I, oh, sorry, sorry. He, he's up in Newcastle. He went to the Knights, didn't he? Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but just with those two, I just – I'm not quite sure where they land. I look at Taylor May, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen photos of him stuff in the preseason, but he is built like a fucking house now. He – um. He, to me, looks like he's trained sounds, to be a centre, not a winger. Sounds like he's been centre, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think Taruva's almost locked down that other wing spot, though, hasn't he? Maybe that's why he's, he's, he's needed so. to put on a bit of size. I would say so, yeah. Mm. So I think Isaac Tungo showed last year that he can play right, but I mate, I, I think that talent mate, is so fucking talented that it wouldn't shock me at all uh, to see him land on the right as well. So obviously a big watch in trials, and it's similar mm. to what we said with the Titans, I'm sure trial one or two, it'll be very evident who's running yep. out, uh, left and right side. Uh, yep. But I think both of them are going to be very good grabs this year. Taylor May is going to be very popular because I think just about everyone will own him in Supercoach Classic. Oh, um, yeah, sure. He'll He's be right up there. And obviously Isaac Tungo, um, CBA graduate class of 2022, very popular pick as well. So <laughs> keep your eyes out. Yeah. Got to give your wraps there, brother, because fuck, nailed it. And, what, what, and when what are the CBA Academy hats coming out? Yeah. Where's the merch? Surely it's in the pipeline. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, there you go, people. Um, 
I'll just take my mind back to when Taylor May came on the scene and Isaac Tungo was playing uh, left centre and the amount of ball that May got in good mm. space um, and how many tries he scored just because was Tungo combo, was so good with the ball out in front. I'm just looking at Tungo just going, fuck, finally, Toto's going to get someone that passes the ball. We know how good Toto has been with old glue hands critter next to him. Yeah. What's he going to be like? with someone that's going to feed him ball in space. I mean, boggles the mind. It really does. And this is the other thing that I think we're all – I think Taruva's got that wing locked down. But, mate, I, I said it before they debuted. That combination of Isaac Tungo and yeah. May, yep. it was unbelievable. That was their first season of first grade together, and I thought they were mm. – Outside of South Sydney, probably the best left edge in rugby league. So those two have been playing together for a few years now. I yeah, it's a combination that I would be, I'd be very tempted to keep them together. But Taruva's done incredibly well as a premiership winner. Uh, yeah. Penrith have got so many options out there, and once again, Tyron Page could come in and absolutely shit on all of us, all of us at any given moment. It's a huge, huge watch and wait, isn't points. it? It's yeah. yeah. Mm. Tongo, right, so no. mm, get inside me. Let me get inside you. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> well, let's talk about some, some big risks here. So Turbo, Pappy, uh, KP, Teddy, hmm. what are we doing here? Where are we taking them? We had a bit of a chat about Turbo. You know, we're still all pretty high on Turbo just because of what we know he can be. Um, Wook and I have talked about KP. We're all over KP's dick, and I'm sure you are as well, Guru. Like, he's a top three pick in our opinion. No matter what finals series you play or system you play, he's a top three, lock it down. So that's top three picks are locked regardless of what happens, in my opinion. Uh, Pappy coming off these injuries. And then how far does Teddy slide down? Do you know what I mean? There's some question marks here because I'm thinking about Teddy and we're sliding him. But again, like I said before, like there's a point in a draft where you go, hang on, this is fucking James Tedesco, and I'm picking him in the third round. Yeah. You got to. You have it wasn't, to. It wasn't so, that long ago he was averaging at over 90. Mate, he's, uh, apart from last year, he was the most consistent uh, performer in draft mm. over the last four years before that. So yeah. let's, um, we've done Turbo. Let's talk about Pappy. What do you think about Pappy, Guru? Uh, I will be leaving Pappy. I don't think he's going to be the one for me. Uh, I'm, you know what? If, if Pappy comes out in 2024 and averages 100 like he did when I had him two years ago, I'll just sit back and go, well done to the person that took that punt. Uh, yep. But where you're going to have to take him, there's other guys I'd probably rather gamble on that. Um, mm. They might not score as many points as Pappy if he hits his ceiling, but I'm more confident they score those points uh, yeah. than Ryan Pappenhausen. So, uh, and you know what? That potentially that's a little bit hypocritical of me because I'm so keen on Turbo. I'm so keen on KP, who obviously have their injury concerns as well. But hmm. I'm just not convinced Pappy's going to be the same guy just yet. And you know what? He'll probably come out round one and we'll go, oh, no, he's still that guy 100%. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's just not a risk I want to take this year if I can avoid it. Where do you think he'll slide to in draft, do you think? I think that there will be blokes in competitions who will get to pick eight, nine, and just go, mm. fuck it, I'll have a crack at him. Because um, oh, I, I, I think Jesus there's a lot of... Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you, you say Jesus Christ, but like, there's guys out there that want to win comps, not that want to be relevant. Mm. And when you've got an opportunity to potentially pick up a guy that could average 100 at pick eight, 
you know, why wouldn't you? Like I, I, I was sitting here at the end of last year going, fuck, if I'm pick 10, 11, 12, 13, I'm taking KP in an absolute heartbeat. And I got the mm. same reactions going, Jesus, what the fuck's that about? He finishes the season averaging 105 for the last 10 weeks. Mm. Like, I, I, I like, and, and and a lot of people were. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not pushing back on the potential for Pappenhausen, but the the pricks had two long term injuries back to back. Like, I, I don't know. I just th- I just think the the risk versus reward on what you what you'd be getting him for. But you would have told me this time last year, KP can't stay conscious. Like a lot of people yeah. told, me it was a stupid. Well, Round six, we could have been talking about the same, exactly the same thing about KP. Yeah, exactly so, right, one hundred percent. But like you, if I think if you want to, especially if you're in a captain's league, mm. I, I don't think personally, I don't mm. like taking Pappy. But if you're taking pick eight, pick nine, I go. You know what? I respect you for that play because you're trying to win this fucking thing. You're not taking someone like Gutho. You're not taking a Cameron Munster, someone that's probably a Harry mm. Grant, someone that's probably not going to win you a draft comp. They're going to make you relevant. I don't think you win it with no, them. No. But if you're going all balls in and you take Pappy at eight or nine, I go, respect. He's trying to win this fucking thing. I'll be honest, man. I'd probably take him in, in the second round. I probably wouldn't reach for him in the first, but I would probably take him in the second round. Mid to late would be perfect. I I am that guy. I'm like, I'm ready to 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 double down and go just because like what you're saying is if he comes back and by all reports, it's going to be a mental struggle. It's probably not going to be his body. Um, and, I mean, we'll talk to Brian about it more in a few weeks. Um, but – and it's hard to read into the situation, but you look at his social media, he doesn't strike me as a guy that is lacking in confidence or is struggling to gain motivation to get back on the park and play some really good football. So, I mean, I'm ready to take the risk. Just because, you know, just say I get someone like Scotty Drinkwater or Walsh or KP or whatever it is, and, you know, you just back it up with another fullback. Not only have I got fantastic trade capital there, I can I can have that guy on my bench. I can have that purge option in the finals as well. Um or just say you you have pick one or two and you grab a halfback and you've got Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary and you partner that pick with a Pappenhausen and Pappenhausen does come back and just say he's 80% of what he was two years ago. Do, do you win the comp straight away? I think so. Mate, 100%. And there's, mate, there is every chance we are sitting here in 12 months' time after Pappy's put together a full season going, okay, well, Pappy's an automatically a pick four or a pick five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's the reality. If we get to round one and KP knocks himself out and Turbo gets injured and Pappy averages ninety throughout the season, next year we're sitting here saying he has to be picked third. It's a no-brainer. No. Same dude. You're just taking a there's, bit more of a risk this year. There's honestly mm. not much difference between my outlook on Turbo and Pappy. To be honest, I sort of see them pretty similar. And I mean, I'll get more confirmation when we talk to Brian about the injuries and the ins and outs of. Mm. Bef- return to performance or high performance, but they're both huge risks and they're both massive rewards. Like you're talking about guys that if it all works out, you win comps. The one the one thing with Turbo is, and the reason why I'm really high on Turbo, is the injury that he had had nothing to do with the, a lower leg injury. 100%. And, and, that's, and that's why I'm, I'm super keen and doubling down on, um, on Turbo himself. It's just 
Pappy has been so fucking unlucky with injuries. Um, it was a freakish incident, that last one. And look, they, were, they say they come in threes, don't they? It, it's funny with that injury, though, because that was the best possible outcome yeah, in was. that injury. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Fuck, who... We're not physios, we're not doctors, we don't know what the fuck's going on. But all I know is that he can break leagues open, um, Pappy, especially if you're a captain's uh, league. And if he's averaging 90 or 100, you're going to be very hard to to catch, especially if you pick him up. Storm will be in the GF as well if he's he's braining it. And then you look at Storm's strength of schedule across all final systems. That's another thing to consider. Mm. Storm have a very sexual run. so that's another thing to to put on Pappy's shoulder as well. It's like, if I get this guy and he starts firing, mm. I know he's going to be humming come finals time. Man, man, it's something to really think about. Oh, I think Plus he, owes, he owes me a good season anyway. I drafted him last year, for fuck's sake. You owe me a good season, Pappy. <laughs> Shit. I, I think as well for Pappy, when I look at him, and, you know, it's all very if and but when you get to finals and whatnot, but... Round 27, if that's when your grand final is, which is when mine is, they played the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, for me, I think Brisbane will have a top four locked, a spot locked up by then. Uh, every chance Melbourne does too, as well, to be fair. But mm. it's like you might get a pappy going up against a baby Broncos sort of side there. Yeah. Uh, so, and look, very ifs and buts sort of shit. But I, I can, as I said, I completely understand and respect someone that goes pappy uh, as their first pick at like eight, nine, ten. Once you're your big dogs, uh, your drink orders, are gone. I yeah, I, I personally think you are more likely to win a comp with Pappy than you are with Cam Munster. Oh, I, I, I will. I will agree with that. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. What about Teddy? What are we thinking um, happens with Teddy in drafts? Where do we think he slides to? Is he a chance to look? Add a few points under that that average from last year. Obviously, a poor season for him. Poor season for the Roosters. A lot of injuries. A lot of chopping and changing with personnel and positions. There's every chance that he can go better next well this this season. But also, he's another year older. Like he is on his way out. What's your thoughts? Every year, there's a decision that I hope I don't have to make, and this is one of them. I have mm. no interest in trying to place where I would take James Tedesco. I will say this, the one thing, like Teddy, last year for me, incredibly disappointing. He averaged 69, which is good. I think, though, like if he averaged 69 in a bad year five years ago, we're like, wow, that's unbelievable. Mm. Scores are generally starting to get higher and higher as the years go on now. Um, You're looking at your top two and three picks that realistically at the end of the season when you take out injury-affected games, you want them to average 90, 95. Um, Mm. It's a good whack below that. It's 20, 25 points below that. The one thing I will say about Teddy is that he's in a very rare position where people are sort of bagging him for the way he's playing and all that. And normally when you're underperforming, you need to do more. Personally, I think Teddy needs to do less. He needs to do less, yeah. Which is the one thing that makes me think maybe he can turn this around, but doing less could hurt his super coach score as well. So you might mm. find that Teddy plays better footy, but he's letting go of the ball more and whatnot. It actually cost him super coach points because the beauty of Teddy for the last few years has been that he runs the football so much, but for the four years leading up to this, no one could tackle the fucker. Now, seemingly, I could tackle him at the moment. That's the biggest worry. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Teddy's got the potential to really turn around his NRL career, but 
classic, uh, sorry, for Supercoach-wise, I, I don't think I'll be doing it. It's one that I'll be hoping to leave. Mm. Does he get picked in State of Origin? Fuck knows. Absolutely fuck knows. Um, I, I just... I, Oh, I, I I don't know what, what they're going to do there. I don't know what Madge's plan is going to be. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Madge goes a little bit rogue with a couple of picks, uh, but I'm not sure if fullback will be the spot that he does. I, I think if Teddy's form dictates selection, selection. Early, I think he yep. will be there. I, I, don't, I think a lot of people are assuming the red Sharpies through Teddy's name. I don't think there's a hope in hell that his name has been crossed out at the moment. No, not yet. Yeah, he is, he's, he's a player where I'm not – interested in him. I'm not looking at him. I'm, you know, but I'll be interested to see where he slides to put it that way. Like, I think there is going to be value to be had in Teddy. I think everyone's off him. I think, uh, people think, you know, he's going to continue his regression because his scores have dipped every single year, uh, over the last four years. Uh, he hasn't really bounced back after, um, a score the previous year, he slowly declined. So I think there is going to be value. Um, I mean, there's always a Roosters fan somewhere in, in leagues that'll take him um, early, but mm. I think in most leagues there's there's going to be value to be had in Teddy, and there's going to be a point in the in the draft. Well, I hope there's a point in the draft where I go, fuck me, we're talking about James Tedesco here, and I'm about to get him at pick 26. Yeah, in 2020, average 95, 2021, 87, 2022, 79, 2023, 69. So there is a general trend and not in the right direction. So, I mean, I I really do see him bouncing back possibly into the 70s this year, but yeah, it's still, it's a tough one to, to peg where he's going to go. I've got him around about round, round three somewhere. But yeah, I wouldn't really push back on too many people if they're going to take him around too. I uh, mm. I think the other advantage that needs to be spoken about with Teddy is that you have a look at his finals run. If your grand finals round twenty seven like mine is, he goes Parramatta, Titans, Canberra, South Sydney. So in my opinion, that's a pretty juicy little finals run. Uh, the grand final game against South Sydney, you're sort of like fuck, they're a good footy side. That's not ideal, but I'll give you the hot tip: the Sydney Roosters captain will never be rested against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Big no. advantage, in my opinion, knowing that you are going to have a top shelf guy playing in that week in a game that is going to be a war, regardless of that. They could both be first and second and be, you know, have home finals locked up for the next week and they're still going to go all They'll out. Still play. Yeah. 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 He does have some, some, a pretty sexual run. Um, in most of the, uh, the final systems, old Teddy. So, who knows, baby? Who knows? Who knows? I've never actually owned him. I'd love to own him. Oh, I've, but- I've, I've owned him a, a couple of seasons, and look, he's solid returns every year. Mm. Yeah, I, I personally still think he will, like in, in my competition that's a 14-man league, I think he still goes round one. I think he'll go late round one, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the type, yeah, that, that he's still that type of player that has that insane ceiling. Yeah. And you guys captain's league? Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely one. Not, not cowards. <laughs> um, not a mutual right. league, are they? Broncos backline. Now, Wook and I got a little bit of mail today by one of the rubbers, Dusty. Ooh, shout, ooh. Out, shout out to Dusty, giving us a little bit of our inside mail into an opposed session that Broncos ran against, I don't know who the fuck, but um, had Cobbo. It was at right centre, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. No. And... Left centre. Uh, left centre. And Mariner on the wing and 
wraps right on both of them. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. What's your thoughts here, Cobo? First thoughts, I was like, I don't like it, but I'm warming to the idea. I think he'll actually do well at center. I like him there. Uh, Supercoach wise, he's probably not a play for me. Um, mm. I think off name alone, he'll go a little bit earlier than where I'm willing to take him. Um, I also, uh, I think Mariner will be an interesting one out on that right wing. I think yep. he'll be a guy that'll be drafted by plenty. Um, mm. But from what I've coming heard, off that average that he had last season, yeah, yeah. From what I've heard though, Corey Oates is looking very fit up there. Uh, so and I think I love Corey Oates. Yeah. I love Corey Oates as well. I think he's a very good player. Uh, he just re-signed for a year on unders. I think the other thing you need to consider as well is that Herbie Farmworth has left the club, who was their main meterator coming out of their own end. Mm. Um, having a bloke that fucking looks like a horse like Corey Oates returning the ball out of their own end, I think they're all going to need to have a bit of an uptick there. I'm not sure what D Mariners works like out of his own end, to be completely honest with you, but we know that Stags won't fucking do it. Uh, I'm not convinced yeah. that Selwyn will do it. Um, Jesse Arthur's in the grand final. Jesse Arthur's, he is a meteorator. Yeah. Um, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Oates does end up in that side. And you have a look at them mm. like, you know, they've just lost a grand final in heartbreaking fashion. Um, Kirk Hatewell's left, you know, probably their most experienced player, not named Adam Reynolds. I, I just think the experience of Corey Oates wouldn't go astray out there. And um, I had a report from someone the other day that they were having a little game of touch and Dean Mariner made a line break the other day and he was run down by one Oates comma. C. So I think it sort of made people look around a little bit. So uh, read into what you will if truth has come to play. But yeah, I think Corey Oates is going to be a very interesting guy that come trials, I think he's going to get more and more interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, I love it, that. Corey the, Oates, yum. The base scores for Dean Mariner last season was 16, 16, 24, and 21. So yeah. I don't think there's much there. A uh, little side story about Corey Oates when we were out in the country tours last year up at uh, Rockhampton where the Oates family is from, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they all up there obviously call him Coatsy. Um, they all love That's him. Corey and Oates, yeah. the younger brother they call Shotsy, which is short for shit Oatsy. <laughs> which oh, I think is time fucking You'd move countries, wouldn't you? <laughs> where no one knows right. your brother. You can choose your friends. You can't choose your fucking start up a new hell. start up a new life in Switzerland somewhere. <laughs> Fuck it, hell, that That's is rough. savage. That's that is savage. Now I'm big on OT, and the thing that, like I said, the thing that you love about OT is the work that he does mm. coming at it their own end. Yep. You know, he's usually got a base, a, just a solid base, pure base of, mm. you know, 30 to 35. And then you add on to that, you know, a little bit of try scoring and attacking upside as well. So that's I mean, one what, to keep an eye on. Once upon a time, he saw himself as a second row. Mm. Wasn't too I love that ago. play that they were doing where, like, they're, they're attacking the line at 2025 around there. And then he is just steaming onto the fucking ball at a million miles an hour coming off an angle back towards the post. Who the fuck is stopping that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the defense just go, no, you can have this one. Fuck that. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I like, love him. I was watching him on that play when they didn't give him the ball and he was standing there going, I just ran a fucking 800 to have a dummy thrown to me for no apparent fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the ball, boys. Let me do the rest. Get out of the way. All right, this is going to be an interesting one for all three of us because we're big on this. And that is who is going to play left edge back rower for the Sharks. We are all big 
Billy Burns fans here on the wire. And so it's no surprise that we all want Billy to get the shot here. But Guru, is there any mail on maybe does he get the shot? We know how fucking much a liability does, Teague does Wilton Teague is Wilton, in does defense. Does Wilton get a chance to prove himself defensively this season? I'll tell you what, I think uh, this situation is wildly interesting. And I posted something the other day on social media and it got absolutely hounded into the core of the fucking earth uh, by Cronulla fans. You would think Teague Wilton was Gavin fucking Miller the way that people reacted. Um, <laughs> At least can't see Billy Burns play? Like, fuck me. Yeah. Obviously uh, not. Well, I mean, he was playing for the Dragons. I don't think Billy Burns is the greatest defender in the world, but I, I think people are just all Compared to Wilton. Going, geez, Teague Wilton, it wasn't his fault. It was Moreland's fault. It was, and I'm sitting there going, you know what? Moreland wasn't Moreland's a great a scapegoat, man. He's a massive scapegoat for me. Um, I think the other thing with Wilton, and, you know, it might be a hot take or it might be harsh or whatever, but, like, I, I drafted Wilton, I think, round seven last year. I was massively mm. high on him. I got to round 10 and went, I have got to trade this guy. He can't tackle yeah. me. This cannot last mm. any longer. I traded him in a heartbeat, and I personally think, and, and the take of a lot of people is, well, obviously the person to replace Wade Graham will be the guy that had the spot before. I think that T getting injured last year saved him from getting yeah. I, yeah. I just think it was a matter yeah. of time, and I cannot believe how many people have failed to see it. And if I'm wrong, mm. I will wear it every day of the week, but I think Wilson has got a lot of defensive issues that people are scapegoating yeah. on the guys either side of him. I mean, as an owner of Wilton last season, I was watching every single Sharks game on the knife edge thinking, surely he's going to get hooked. He was clearly at fault for this try. And But considering Fitzgibbon is such a defence-minded coach, I was surprised that it's gone on for so long. Like that knife edge needed shoring up like the whole season. This is the whole thing with Craig Fitzgibbon. Why do we think he's a defensive-minded coach just out of interest, just based on how he played himself? Because... At no point has he shown that he's a defensive-minded coach. We just, wasn't, we, but wasn't that wasn't that part of his role at the Roosters prior to um, leaving to come to the Sharkies? Sure, but since he's been a head coach, what have you seen? Oh no, no, There's nothing since he's been a head coach. No, yeah, like it just yeah, yeah. nothing. And the one thing that worries me, and the reason why I actually agree with people that are saying Teague wouldn't get the first shot. If he gets the first shot, the only reason why he gets it is because Craig Fitzgibbon seemingly refuses to make changes ever. He keeps mm-hmm. the same team. Yeah. Like, how long did it take until he made a change with Moylan? It took forever. You know, mm. Talakai, I, I'm not sure if he deserves to get brushed from centre, but at no point did he try anything different last year, Craig Fitzgibbon. So I, I, I'm not saying that Wilton's not a chance to get there. I probably reckon he is the favourite to get there based on how Craig Fitzgibbon coaches. But there are serious issues there that I think could get shown up very quickly. The one advantage Wilton has got is that the Cronulla Sharks opening five rounds is absolute fucking bliss. I don't have it in mm. front of me, but I remember thinking that might be saving grace there. But I think Billy Burns in a good system, I think he can do really well. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Burns is very interesting. I mean, just going back to Teague Wilton, his def- defensive deficiencies. And it's funny when you talk about like people blaming Moylan or, or Sivitalikai, but the thing is like, if Wilton makes a bad read in defense, he doesn't have to actually miss a tackle. But if he makes a bad read and is in the wrong position, who actually looks bad in that situation? It's the players around him. Yeah. So you may look at that play and go, oh, they ran through Moylan like, you know, a fucking hot knife oh, oh, through turn, butter. And you, go, oh, and, you go, and you go, oh, Moylan's the issue. But you look back and you look at him and rewind, you go, hang on. 
old mate wasn't even in the fucking right position to mm. help him in defence. And that was the issue with Wilton. It was he missing his assignments yeah. and making Moylan and Sivitalica look bad. So, yeah, I'm not – I mean, the funny thing about Wilton is he averages 60. Yeah. And oh, easily. That's like, and that's where if it looks like he has locked down that spot – you still take him. I'll take him in Supercoach. In a oh, yeah. Yeah. I know Craig Fitzgibbon probably won't make the change, and that's the reality. Mm. But I look at Teague Wilton, and the, the, there's two differences in rugby league sometimes. Sometimes there's bad tacklers and there's bad defenders. And from what I've seen, he's a bad defender. He doesn't have yeah. the cue in defense that he needs yep. at the moment. And Wade Graham came in on that edge. Wade Graham was slow as a wet week. He couldn't move laterally, but he had the IQ, and he managed yeah. to yeah. put out that edge. Very, very quickly. And that's, I, I just, it's blown me away how many people, and maybe I'm wrong and I'm happy to wear it if so, but it has blown me away how many people just haven't seen it with Wilson. Mm. I'm, really, I'm really surprised to... that they let Tracy go. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like they've got a number like, of young use, use telecom, telecom off the bench. Like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, they've got a they've got a fair depth there in the back line, the Sharks. And the thing is, like, someone yeah, was always going to throw big brothers. money at Connie, Connor Tracy, and he has to take it. Like we're saying, we've been saying for the last couple of seasons, like, He's who the fuck player. is going to sign Connor Tracy because he deserves to be in a starting side somewhere? I and thought he was going to do a mid mid season switch to the Eels at some point, but yeah, never Mikkel actually. Was it, wildly strong mm, that was going to happen, and it just, mm, never just evaporated. Yeah. Something to leave you with with Billy Burns before we move on. He played 10 games last season. In 80-minute games, he averaged 59, and he had six total try involvements in 10 games playing for the Dragons. Just let that soak in while we move on. Uh, Southback rowers. Another really interesting story here because there's a a ripple effect that's going to happen here, right? And now the whispers are... Guru, that obviously Talis Duncan might get the shot at left edge, um, at right edge back row, sorry, and right Colin is going to move to the left. Is that correct? Yeah, I was told a couple of months ago that Talis Duncan would be a starting edge back rower, so I just assumed it was going to be left side. Um, yeah. And I posted a thing the other day saying how I believe he will be on the left and got a lot of messages from people saying, no, nah, no, nah, he's on the right. Keon's on the left side at training, and I sort of went, fuck, surely that can't be right. Reached out to- What a waste. Someone at South Sydney, and yeah, apparently it's spot on. Apparently, Keon's going to play left edge. Uh, Talis is going to play right. Cam Murray will be in jersey 13. Jai Arrow will be a middle. Uh, yep. So, very, very interesting. And, you know, in no huge shock to anyone, Jack Whiten will be left center, mm. uh, which I think the right edge will sort of be one of, uh, sorry, the right wing will either be um, uh, Tass or Yamai, but I think it will be Tass. I, I believe. Mm. They're going to start time under and reserve grade at fullback to give him a bit of a go there. So uh, oh, yeah. which I, that's the decision. That'd be good for his development, won't it? Be fantastic. It'll be unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, for draft purposes here, uh, we'll start with Talis Duncan. So in the four games that he played over thirty minutes, he had a PPM of one point three eight, which is ludicrous. Which you can have a. PPM like that when you're playing such low minutes. But what it shows us is that he gets involved. He's young, indestructible, wants the ball, wants to be involved. All great things for draft or supercoach in general, really. And on that right edge where we're starting to see Lachlan Elias like to use his edge back rowers, and Wook and I talk about this 
at nauseam talking about halfbacks or five eights that like to use their edge back rowers. It's part of their DNA. These players like DCE, mm. Dylan Brown, Nico Hines, guys that it's one of their first instincts is to look where their edge back rower is and give them early ball or short ball close to line. So I think Lachlan Ilias is evolving into that play, which is great for Talis Duncan. But is it great for Colin Montagne moving to the left? Now, we know Cody Walker isn't one of those halves that I'm talking about that likes to use the edge back row. It's more of a play where he's setting it up and it's a nice ball out the back to a sweeping Latrell Mitchell who then likes the nice cutout ball to his winger. So if the South Sydney Rabbitohs line up like you're saying, uh, Guru, is it... Yes, we're on Tellus Duncan, and no, we're off Colin Matangi. Yeah, I think where you'll have to take Keon, it's probably a no from me. Um, mm, I've just, yeah. I don't know. I, I just – that left edge back row for South Sydney has just been the best decoy in rugby league for a long period. 100%. Yeah. Um, and I just – Buddy um, Colin Matangi would be a fantastic decoy runner, wouldn't he? Real decoy. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if maybe it's a case of, okay, maybe the left edge back row was out there for the last decade, haven't been the most talented guys in the world. So maybe it's just played out that way. I don't know if it's the best way they like to play their footy, but I'll tell you what, if I'm signing, in my opinion, one of the best centers in the game, Jack Whiten, uh, I'm going to utilize him. There's a reason why I've brought him. And if I've already got the most dominant left edge of just about all time, realistically, mm. not going to change much. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, like we, we know Cody Walker loves to go himself, loves to play at the back, doesn't tend to use his back rollers all that much. But granted, he's never had a back bar, back roller mm-hmm. like Leon. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it, it's another one of those classic ones that I am more than happy to sit back. And if at the end of the season, Keon averages 60, 65, I go, yep, fair shout. Good on the person who took that punt, but it's mm-hmm. not one I'm willing to take. Talus, talk to me. Good God. Um, yeah. And I also yeah. think Talus is one of those guys that, I reckon he will link up with Campbell Graham plenty of times throughout this season. Mm. And I think that's a really achievable little stack that you're able to get there. Um, I am very hot. The, the offload slid into tries. The offloads. Campbell Graham's always pushing mm. through, um, mm. you know, especially in that South Sydney side. The reality is their fullback, he's a weapon, but he's not the greatest support player in the world. So I think there's plenty yeah. of opportunities that Talis will create that Campbell Graham will be there to pick up on. I think there's plenty of opportunities that, you know, tell us very similar to Cam Murray. He'll be pushing up on the inside of everything as well. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I'm really high on Talos. I do think, though, that he'll be wildly popular in classic. Fuck. Again, he's a must-have in classic. So Yeah, I, I think you will have to go very early on Talos. But if mm. I'm able to lock down a Campbell Graham round two, round three, uh, I, I would go very early on Talos as well. Lot to like about Talis Duncan. Mm. Name starters. Yep. Nice. Where's headgear? Tick. Takes the headgear off. He's hot. Tick. I mean, get him in my buff, side for buff, fuck's sake. Buff dude. One of the buffest ever. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I mean, tick, 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 tick. Talis Duncan. Just, oh, the Eskimo Bros, 2024. <laughs> Just another guy as well. Once again, plays for South Sydney. Uh, was a was a Roosters junior coming through. So you know Ooh. that he'll be up and about come round yep. 27 when it might be grand final week for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's run up against his former club, which he'll be ready to rip and tear against. And Ooh. I'm just off the top of my head. Right, does that mean he'll he'll be going at one of Sam Walker or Luke Keery, with, which I love the matchup either way. Keery. Gone. Thanks for coming. Yep. Either yep. way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like Duncan. 
Love me a bit of Duncan. That is good. Um, all right, let's uh, let's stick with the bunnies. Jack White at center. So usually uh, he's a bloke that I just don't touch. I don't, honestly, he's not. I delete him from my pre-draft list. I don't even want to know about him. He's just so wildly inconsistent and has mm. never been relevant enough for me to even look at him. So at that's at five eight, obviously for the Raiders. The things change playing center for the Bunnies, knowing what I just said about Cody Walker and how much he likes to go at the back. Is he just another block play? Is he going to play more of the Isaiah Tass role where he's just running really straight hard lines and it's just giving Alex Johnson space? And that's really the question we need to answer here is for draft is... He's an infinitely harder runner than Tass though. Is Johnston the go because he's going to get more space because defenses are going to be looking more at Jack Whiten? Or are we going to punt on Jack Whiten getting short balls and uh, playing? We've seen him play center, and he can fucking score tries, and he can play really well. So it's just a hard one because I'm leaning towards Alex Johnston being the beneficiary, especially now you're talking Mm. about Colin Matangi coming in. I mean, how much fucking talent is there inside of Alex Johnston that is going to de- it's going like to compress stretch, defenses. Stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. all of a sudden there's going to be space on the edge there and Latrell's going to have that nice floater or that cutout ball out to Johnson and he could fucking mm. get back to scoring 25, 26 tries. Talk yeah. to me, Guru. You might need to hold off because I think Guru lost Guru. I have no idea. No, I'm still here. <laughs> all right. I have no idea what's going to happen with this edge. I think you make wildly valid points for all of them, but you know, there's every chance that AJ scores half the amount of tries he does this year last year because simply Jack Whiten doesn't pass him the fucking football because he's a run first yeah. dude. Um mm. there's every chance that South Sydney keep doing what they're doing and, you know, cut out their center constantly to find AJ and he scores twenty five tries. I just I can't imagine the world from what I know and what I know of how close Latrell and Jack White and are. I just can't see him faceballing him all season. I just mm, can't. That's interesting. Um, that's interesting. And, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they'll go, oh, you know, Jack White and he'll score more tries at South Sydney. He's a guy that I like. I have a look through his scores last season when he scored tries. Um, scored a try in round one, scored 47. Scored a try in two. two. <laughs> scored a try in round Plus. four, scored 35. Um, scored a try in round nine, to be fair. Scored 133 against the Dolphins. Good knock. Scored a try in round 15, 38 points. Scored a try in round 17, 73 points. Fair play. Uh, and then scored a try in round 21 and scored 47. Uh, so mm. you know, in try scoring games, Jack White last year, I would say if you take out that huge outlier of 133, you're looking at an average of about 48, I would say, off the dome there. I just, I don't know. I'm... I'm happy to leave Jack White and if we're sitting here next year saying, oh, okay, Jack's a genuine super coach option, good as gold. I'll deal with that then. But it's not a risk I'm willing to take heading into next year. Once again, you don't know if all this shit at South Sydney sorted out. They mm. could be a basket case still. I don't know. Mm. But it's pretty wild that they've taken taken the 5-8 away from him as well. Prior yeah, to the season I, 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 I can't I fucking believe that. Yeah. I'm so fucking annoyed. Yeah, that is very frustrating. For a position uh, that was already fucking really and, tough. And you know what? I'm actually, I'm happy for them to do it like this, but stick to it. Don't just, yeah. it's like it just gets made up. It's just willy-nilly. Yeah. 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 If, Rob Sutherland gets fucking drunk and just makes some fucking weird-ass decisions. Yeah. Um, and I think has KP missed out on 5-8 again 
this year, um, mm-hmm. despite him playing first half of the season there last year. Which yep. once again, mm-hmm. if this is how we're going to do it, it was, it was it was supposed to be four games the previous season. If they played four games, they'd be considered a, a duel for that position. Just be consistent with whatever the fuck you settle on, and just let us know what you settle on as well. Which mm-hmm. hopefully they will. You know, to the boys' credit, the game hasn't actually opened yet, so hopefully we get a clear understanding of what's happening. But History tells me we probably won't. Yeah. 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 Nah, Jack White, not for me. Again, like, I, that was me going the long shock, way around. Shock horror. That was me going the long way around to say, yeah, never again. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. What about the Roosters back rowers? Mm. Uh, some <laughs> more guys that fucking interest me here. Nat Butcher, I'll start with him. Big on him. Uh, but also... Who's going to get that other spot? Or does Nat Butcher move in through the middle rotation? Do we get to see Wong plus a Satili yeah. or a, or a uh, Gussie Crichton? There's a lot of what ifs, the ca- what the have ca- you. They're carrying four of the best back rowers in the league. It's like if I was just going to nice. guess, I would say, look, you, you stick with Nat Butcher because he's the only cunt that's been there and doing the job consistently week in, week out. But I mean, I've got no idea, but mm. all I know is there's huge value to be had here in the Roosters' side uh, in the back row position. I will draft Wong. I guarantee yeah. you I will draft Wong. Uh, I am more than happy to go very early on him. I will probably go Just early. let me write that down. <laughs> so, so, we'll cut this part of the pod. All right. Wong. Okay. Wong. He's- and uh, I, if you said to me, confident Wong starts round one, I'm not, to be honest with you. Mm. But I just think as the season goes on, I think it's just you guys know how I felt about this kid for a long time. I just think it's yeah. undeniable. Is he is That's he the CBA candidate for this year? Um, probably not because he played too many games last year. Uh, yeah, true. I was, true, I was true, very true. disappointed, to be honest with you, to see him play so many games at the end of last season. <laughs> I was hoping he, he played fucking well as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know what I love about Wong is that, and Natty, you can talk more about it being a Roosters fan, but he saved his best games of the year for the biggest stages. He was mm, yep. fucking dynamic yeah. in the finals. That yep. that offload that he threw against Cronulla, I think it was, to Joey. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just looked like Sonny Builder, mate. Sexual. Yep. And that's just what he reminds me of. He reminds, he reminds me so much of Sonny Bill, and I know that's a high mark to send. I'm not saying he will be the next Sonny Bill, but I think he could be the closest thing we've seen to SBW. Um, mm. I watched him play through the junior grades as well. He played a lot of 13 coming through. So he's he can play edge. He can play middle. He can just do everything wrong, and I felt like you could you could just feel in those last few games of the season, especially in finals. I felt like Terrell May was the same that these boys started to realize, okay, I'm not holding on in first grade anymore. I can be a dominant fucking force in this grade, mm. uh, and I think Wong has a huge season. But the worry is, if Angus Crichton gets back to his best, like they've got an Australian second rower sitting on their bench, maybe yeah. playing middle. Yeah. Um, Satili is not. Not a bad background. He's not a bad. I'm not the biggest Satili fan in the world. He's just got a few too many errors in his game for mm. me. But like they re-signed him on a two-year deal the other day. I would have put my house Wowzers. on Satili Tupanua would have been out the door. It just yeah. made sense to me. Um, his brother's up in Newcastle. I thought there was every chance he line he line, landed up there to sign him on a yeah. two-year deal. That that almost doesn't make sense to me. Um, mm. And mate, if Wong is firing and if Angus Crichton's at his best, in my opinion. Both are better second rollers than Nat Butcher, and it's yeah. 
close. Napoli so, does a lot yeah. of a lot of strong work, and he's very consistent. But yeah. he doesn't he doesn't have that up, up he does that, that you see from those. Two. And yeah. not too many guys do. That's the reality of it. So uh, I don't even think Nat Butch is a safe pick. I like you could give me eight different combinations of second rowers, and I say they you could see all of those by round fifteen. Mm. And this is what I talked about when we had, did the 2RF podcast. Is like, I'm big on Nat Butcher, but there's two schools. There's the school where we're coming off a season where he averaged 63. His CV was great. His base was great. He was fantastic. But you take your mind back to 22 when he did have Walker next to him. And they went on a run together where he scored seven tries in seven games. And mm-hmm. that's what he can be in this Bruce's side with Walker next to him. And you're like, okay, there's actually more ceiling here with Nat Butcher coming off a 63 average. Or the other school of thought uh, uh, is yeah. he starts playing middle and he's coming off the bench. And both scenarios are just as likely as the other. Do you and, know what I mean? And the, so, and the beneficiary of all those tries next to Walker will be either Wong or um, Crichton mm. potentially. Mm-hmm. Like, where, where do we think we'd take um, Angus Crichton? Because like it's... A, like he's a he's a player that could legitimately average seventy, but he's also conversely a player that could just be in the middle rotation. Just need more information, don't we? It's yeah, just it's fucking. A, it's a fucking real tough one to like peg down. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know where I would take Gussie. I just, mm. and you know, I I actually don't know where I'd take him that I'd even be happy with him. Like even if you get him, <laughs> yeah, round seven yeah. round eight, like. Okay, I've got a great name there, but if he's not getting the points, who gives a fuck where you got him? Like, if he's not even if he's not in the starting side, it's not like he's getting the Maddow type role in Eels. He's not getting the 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 minutes or the or the scores from that. So, if, and yeah. that's the other thing. Like, if he is playing as a middle forward, like, and I I think a lot of people are looking at the Roosters and going, oh, you know, there's only three forwards on the bench. They run with an extra hooker. They're sweet. Their hooker comes off, and he's a middle forward. Like as soon as yeah. he comes off, it becomes a four-forward bench. Um, yeah, yeah. Bradley tends to play pretty decent minutes. Uh, yeah. I just uh, I, I just don't know where Angus gets those big minutes if he's not starting mm. on the edge. I, I don't know. I will say this. Fucking Vegas round one, the field is five metres thinner than a normal NRL field. And that, butcher, that butcher could average fucking 90 in base stats on that field just quietly. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna yep. heads up. I'll be taking heavy unders and heavy one to twelve oh, results. Yeah, big time. Sign Unders me up, baby. Just fucking begging for it. Yep. 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 Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's keep the vibe of the show rolling. Let's talk about the Raiders fullback now. <laughs> it's going to be Xavier Savage or it's going to be Chevy Stewart. I know, Guru. You're a big. Chevy fan, love the name, very sexy. Is it a season early for for Chevy? Yeah, it is. Um, I I love him. I think he's got a huge future now. Game. He's a really good kid too. Uh, played Harold Matson SG bought the Sharkies, then made his way down to Canberra Raiders. Sharkies were devastated to lose him. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's ready right now. To be completely honest with you, I also a lot of people talking about Ethan Strange, who dominated in that under 19s game. Um, mm. And I don't want to take anything away from that under 19s game, but I've got to tell you, I don't give a fuck. It's not against men. It's completely. Yeah. Right. We've learned this yeah. with Toyota Cart. We've learned this a thousand times before. Uh, for me, if I go and watch Ethan Strange dominate a New South Wales Cup game, that means more to me than under 19s Origin. Uh, yeah, and people yeah. laugh at that and think, and it's fuck. 
how many, how many how many Ethans branded in that game anyway? Yeah, there was there was a couple of Ethans. You were you were very unlucky not to be named Ethan in that game. Um, but yeah, I, I what are your best looking nice? Uh, the cuff too. Wow. Yeah, I, I reckon there's every chance Chevy gets the one to start the season. Um, God, I find it funny we're in the depths of preseason. You know, people said, "Oh, Xavier Savage was pictured the other day at a training session wearing the one jersey." I'm going. Yeah, it's probably one of the jerseys that fits him, you fucking muppet. So they're, they're not making the decision just in January who's going to be their fullback. And if you watched any of the New South Wales Cup last year, Savage was playing wing, so Chevy wing. could play fullback. Like, yeah. I, mm. I, I, the, the, I had someone send me a message yesterday of a picture of um, a picture of Will Warbrick and standing next to him was um, a kid from Jerringong. What's his name? Um, Tyrone Wishart. Someone said, oh, you know, yeah. he's playing centre. I went, no, he's probably not. They probably just stood next to each other at training at some point. Mm. The, the overreading that goes into some of these images at training and whatnot, like for all you know, they're sitting uh, next to each other they're stretching. Like, bro, do you remember the Campbell Graham watch that was going on oh, on social media? God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember that. Wow. Good That's gear. When Good you gear. See, like, a right-side player, but in the photo, you can see their right shoulder. So you assume that means they're standing on yep. the left side of the field, which means that, like, yep. just chill the fuck out. Wait for trial. Mate, they, uh, they were going, oh, um, today at training, I saw Campbell Graham pass the ball right to left. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be playing left edge. It's like, yeah. so he, 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 at training, he can only pass left to right. Like, he's only allowed uh, to pass left to right. That oh, doesn't make sense. It's something that blows me away. You go and watch any NRL training session around the fucking country from. Under 18s to first grade to state of origin, they all start their warm up sessions by doing hands where they're all in a line, swapping positions, swapping spots. And that tends to be when the photographer's there. It's just yeah, oh, it's yeah. carnage. But I'll tell you what I am really worried about with that fullback position that we spend all preseason uh, working out where we take Xavier Savage, working out where we take Chevy Stewart. And then Ricky Stewart gets around one and goes, Here's a Seb Chris for you. Enjoy, yeah, yeah, I yeah, for sure. Well, do, we, do we see do we see a world where Kyra Weeks gets put plonked there? Uh, potentially, he could. He's another one. He could get picked anyway. Oh. I, and and what worries me is that I don't think Ricky will pick Kyra Weeks, Ethan Strange, and Chevy Stewart. I think he'll probably only pick one of them, maybe two of them, because uh, I just yeah. think mine's too young. If you're going all in on these guys, yeah, it's it's hard because I mean, if you. Can remember, guys. I was pretty fucking big on Xavier Savage last year, oh, and then really, he mate? just disappeared off the face of the fucking planet and made me look like an idiot. Mm. But you are an idiot. He did. Well, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, bravo, Savage. Pulled the curtain back on me and <laughs> let everyone know who the real natty. Uh, but in eighty-minute games, he did average over sixty at fullback uh, for the Raiders the back end of season in twenty twenty-two. So he does have that potential in him mm, and the does. guy is there another ctw fullback that has a chance to play fullback for their team at the moment i'm like i'm asking the question like is there i feel we, like we, we've been we've been fucked with jules here yeah he might be the only guy that's playing fullback for an nrl side that is also dual ctw yeah i which is yeah, and look, I, I also think like, and you know what, you, you make a really good point now. Yeah, I could not point. believe when I opened up Xavier Savage's scores. It felt like to me he was having an absolute shocker of a season. He was all over the place, but you're right. He was, he was mounting on 60-point games quite regularly. So 
if he does get the gig, he becomes interesting. But the, the other thing is, and, and this is what's going to make it so fucking hard. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Seb Chris is suspended for the first few games of the year. I think he's missing. Oh, he is. Too. Yeah, he is. So he is. Yeah. Oh. Until he comes back, which uh, once again, Ricky Stewart roulette. I will. I love all these young kids. I think they're all a little bit too raw. And with the Seb Chris wild card coming back in three weeks' time, I don't think I can go near them. Because he's suspended. He, Does that rule him out of the trials as well? I have got no idea what rules the NRLs mm-hmm. are going to make on the eve of those okay. games. They always yeah. fucking and it's not like you can look at Seb Chris's games at fullback and go, oh, he's not a fullback. We can't play him there. He was solid as fuck. He kind of grew into the position, to be honest. He was solid. He wasn't yeah. a world beater. He wasn't like one of the best fullbacks in the game. But by no means was he a liability at fullback for the Raiders in 2023. So he was, he was very he, sure. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the reasons why they kind of they were stunted in attack, though, because he didn't really give them the that other option in attack. Yeah, but. Mate, they've been stunting an attack for six years. Let's be fucking honest here. They've never been a yeah, free throwing side. So that's why I think the Raiders, I think this year they'll be a bit of a shit fight. But if all these young kids kick on, yeah. they've got potential to be a very yeah. exciting footy team over the next few years with guys like Horsburgh, Tarpanay, all these great offloaders, Hudson Young. If these young guys can kick on, if a guy like Chevy can learn some hard lessons this year and come into next year, they're going to be very, very interesting all of a sudden. They're, they're such a vanilla team, and they're a vanilla Whoa. team across the park. I'm talking punting. I'm talking super coach. Anything, it's just like, bleh. Like, right. you can't look at a, a Raiders game when you're punting and go, okay, where's the try score is going to be? Is there a guy that is just hammering oh. down an ATS every week for the Raiders? No, just, just, it's a fucking lottery. All you do is you just and the take, same thing with the 12. And it's same, and it's the same thing with with teams playing them. Is there is there a position on the field where they're really weak that you can sort of yeah. jump on for the opposing teammates? No, there isn't. It's vanilla. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. It's the same thing for Supercoach. There's no one that you're picking in draft that that you're like, yes, I'm really excited about this Raiders player. Yeah. Even Joey Tapene, he's like. He's gotten vanilla mm. as fuck as yeah, well. Like yeah. he's put the offload away. He's getting sort of he's very consistent, getting those sixty points, but vanilla as fuck. And big red similar. I, I hope that one of these young kids come and that, that was what I liked about Savage was he came in and he was that X factor. And that's what they fucking need. So hopefully, whether it be Savage, whether it be fucking strange, whether it be Weeks, whoever the fuck, hopefully they get a little bit of oomph in their attack and it's someone that can, well, one, that I can punt on, but yeah. also someone that, you know, is a little bit interesting for draft day. And that that's the thing about Canberra. You describe them as um, vanilla there. I'd go a step further. They're not fucking blue ribbon vanilla. They're vanilla that fucking Ned Flanders would serve you. It's they're, just- They're fucking I, rice pudding. It's black and gold. It's black and gold brand black. vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. And I think- I think the other one that's going to be interesting, and I don't know if you had him in your notes later, but this Morgan Smithies that's arriving from uh, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you talking about him the other day. Yeah, I uh, I think he'll get the 13 jersey by the sounds of it. And some players that I've spoken to that have played with and against him over there, they really rate him. I watched probably 40 minutes of his footy the other day, and I did not, and I'm not exaggerating here, I did not see a single tackle break or a single offload 
the entire fucking time. I think he is going to be a classic. Oh, gross. Probably make 45 tackles. I reckon he'll average 50 on the dot, and I reckon we'll be looking at him going, where the fuck are the attacking stats here? Um, yeah. So just be aware of him. I reckon he'll be a guy that if he's not playing huge minutes, I think he's a bit of a trap. Um, coming from the guy who famously said when John Bateman came in, he's too small to make it. Uh, so read into that. <laughs> if you get a chance, just type in Morgan Smithy's highlights. Yeah, There's okay. like a minute one you can watch, and there just seems to be no upside there whatsoever. They do, they do, they do love bringing over the poms, don't they? How surprising that such a vanilla team just picked up a vanilla player. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to be wrong if so, but – my vibe from watching him and was just like, fuck, I wonder if all these players rate him just because he is the toughest motherfucker out there and he will just tackle anything with a pulse. Uh, but for super coach purposes in particular, mm. I am far from convinced. For a team that yeah. struggles to score points, it's an interesting choice to go from Big Red at lock to Smithy. It's... And I thought Big Red was getting really good, eh? I was mm. really lucky. Oh. So oh, is, oh, he, is, he, is he just going back into the front rotation then? I'd say so. That, oh. to, to, to be honest with you, though, boys, I've spoken to him a lot. He's one of my CBAs. Fucking uh, Puru, the young 13. Oh, yeah. He, he would be my 13 every day of the week. I think he's so underrated. And I think when he does eventually get an opportunity, I don't know if it'll be this year with Smithies or whatever, but if he gets an opportunity, mm. he is going to be your top pick on a waiver wire in a fucking hard mm. game. I think I'm very likely to draft him late on draft day just to see what happens in the nation's capital. Pulu, oh, that's got a that's got Guru written all, mm. all over it. That pick, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that is tasty. All right, what about Lomax? Because man, if we get a sniff, if we get a fucking whiff that he's going to wear the the fullback jersey, I think we're all over his dick. Is there any whispers or talk or confirmation or anything in the pipeworks that's saying that Zach Lomax will play fullback? Uh, nothing confirmed whatsoever. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very quickly running out of patience with Tyrell Sloan, boys. I just, uh, he came through the junior grades with so much talent, so much promise. Uh, Bud Sullivan's now gone. Uh, Amone's mm. obviously got his situation. So he's sort of the last man standing, Tyrell Sloan, and he's been the least impressive of the three. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, just based on what I've seen of him, I am not sure how much of a Shane Flanagan guy he's going to be realistically. Uh, once again, mm. I hope Sloan comes out, puts egg all over my face and fucking brains it. But I just, I don't know. My vibe is that they'll go in a different direction. Uh, obviously, Moses Sully re-signed the other day, long-term. Uh, yeah. so he he's once. played really well last season. He's he was such a good guy. Yeah. So much respect for Sully. Um, but I think it's also been interesting that Jack Bird's come out and said he wants to play center. Um for me, I just can't imagine Jack Bird coming out and saying that unless there's been a conversation with Flano and there's an opportunity to play centre there. Mm. Uh, so I, I reckon, and mate, fuck, what have they got to lose? Jesus Christ! Like they, I, I, I have, I still have no idea what the fuck happened with Ronald Volkman the other day. That's no, bizarre. Oh, wow. oh, that was uh, that was wildest. Piece of, oh wow! Yeah, I would say you're going to be running with Flano at six. Um, Mm, I, know, yeah. I was talking on bloke the other day, and Kempy read out a quote from Shane saying that Kyle had signed as a nine. I'm fuck. I'm not buying that for a second. I'm yeah. leave that at the door. Uh, I do leave that for a split second. Um, I I so mate, what what have you got to lose? Play Lomax at fullback. If it goes terribly in the first six weeks, okay. It really did seem uh, like the back end of last season. Lomax was going. He sent a message. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was mm. he was basing like there was some guys here base pure bases, fifty, fifty six, forty four, forty. I mean, uh. there was a stretch of games where he went like thirty two, twenty six, thirty points just in H eight. Yeah, and yeah. this is Hit this is from eight this is from fucking center. So you're talking about twenty plus runs a game there. The motherfucker was going. I need to be more in this team. Like, mm. have a look at me. I'm a gun. Yeah, yeah. Put me in, coach. And honestly, I, it's and it's hard to know, but the base will be there. Like the he he loves to put his hand up and and rip in. We've seen it. His runs are off the 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 hook. Uh, but it may be that he's not. It's hard to know because, I mean, when he plays centre and he was just doing those ridiculous flick ball try assists to Ravalawa, that's where his big super-point no. games were coming from. And also we're talking about the Dragons, and I don't expect a lot of points coming from them. But I'm more excited, obviously, with him playing fullback and having his hands on the ball more often than he is at centre. I just think, I mean, what did he average, 60? 60 at centre in the Dragons who did fuck all all season? Yeah. It's exciting. I, yeah. mm. I, I assume he'll be goal kicking again next year, right? Yeah. Hopefully, a bit better than he did last year. Yeah, I, you know, I had um, he's he's such an interesting guy, Lomax. Like, uh, when Brad Fit like Brad Fitler had him through the pathways and everything, and I, I forget what it was, but he had a nickname for him. He used to call him like the chosen one or something like that, just because he had so much ability. Um, had Jamie Soward in on the podcast during the year, and you know, I I think it was off camera, but Sowie said. You know, I spent three or four years training next to Mark Asnier and at training, he would just do things that I would just sit there and go, wow. And he goes, I'm doing the same things with Zach Lomax. The difference mm-hmm. was as it would just translate every weekend on the field. With Lomax, he hasn't quite put it together yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, mate, the year that he puts it together, if he's playing fullback and goal kicking, and you know what? Like, he's averaged 16 to Dragons and it's going like a busted. Even if they go like a busted. Under, yeah. under Flannow, it could be a really good move. Under Flannow, it could be uh. wild. And like, yeah, like I just, he, he's honestly a guy, and people will laugh at and shit, but he's a guy that it wouldn't surprise me if we get to next year and you're looking at Zach as a fullback, as a maybe a late one, maybe an early round two pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's averaging 60 at right center doing sweet FA, imagine if he's playing fullback, even if they're a shit team, he's he going to have more carries of the football. He's going to get more he, involved. He played, he played half a dozen games at left center, didn't he? Yeah, like they swapped ne- ne- next spot. to next yeah. to Matt Figue, you should yeah. be which did Figo nothing on. for him. Matt Figue is like a fucking empty jersey. Yeah, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think Lomax has got huge potential, <laughs> and I, I probably can't explain why. But there's just red flags all over Lomax for me. Every every gut feel I have says, no, nah, just leave it to somewhere else. But the numbers mm. are undeniable. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I want him, and the thing like. He's and we've termed the phrase uh, someone that you're really into chub rub yeah on the weekly rub down and he is a chub rub right so like yeah. there's things like how he chases down a high ball when you watch him do that you're oh, like yeah. this gives me a chub I like that the flick balls how um, involved he is in his running game all of a sudden you see him at fullback not only that is he probably will be CTW fullback jewel yep. for the remainder of the season after he gets moved there hello fuck thanks for coming like I said the absolute gold jewel other than halfback 5'8 is 
a fullback that is playing fullback for their club, but is also available at CTW. Someone mm. that you can put in the CTW position who is actually playing fullback for their, their club. That is, there that, is not that's heaven, baby. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about Lomax. And even, even if he's at, like he's going to play center, um, I'm just going to pick him up just in case, some, you know, dragons start rough yep. and Flano goes, you know what, fuck it. Let's go, baby. And four rounds in, they put put him back to fullback. He brains it. And for the rest of the year, he plays fullback. And he's right in that sweet spot, Lomax, where I don't think he plays origin. I don't think he gets oh. rested at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Injuries don't seem to worry me too much with him. Uh, and I think he's also, like, he's just got so much talent that I think he just, like, he might be in a team where he might come up with less tries and whatnot than the average fullback. But he's also in a team that's just got fucking nothing going for them. And they would just throw the ball to him. Uh, and he's the sort of guy that can create something out of nothing. He'll throw balls over the sideline. He'll come up with errors, but so does Reese Walsh. Yeah, you need him. To, you want him to be ball. trying to create things and come up with things. You chuck in the goal kicking. Um, you know, I I assume it won't happen. But if something happens that Shane pulls a fucking miracle here and the Dragons are a half decent footy side, and he's kicking goals in it, like they, they don't even have to be a top eight side if they're a top twelve side and they're just plugging along okay and they're scoring points and he's kicking goals. There's so much upside. Like I, like I, I remember sitting there in round 17 last year in my draw, oh, round 16 or something last year, and going, okay, who am I going to take here? Oh, there's a goal kicker sitting there, Jermaine Osaka. Take him there, and no mm. one ever would have anticipated what Osaka managed to do last. <laughs> but it was oh, huge. Yeah, and no, yeah. You're obviously going to go have to go wildly early in that for Lomax, but he could be one of the value picks of the year. Yeah. Funny thing about uh, the Dragons as well, like they actually don't have to perform that well for Lomax to uh, be involved in their attacking rates because they're the most dominant attacking edge in terms of percentage for tries scored in the comp. They score over 54% of their tries down their right edge. So although they don't score a lot of tries, they score fucking all of them down the right edge. So... You know, any points that the Dragons are going to muster up, even if they're struggling, Lomax is going to be involved somewhere. And, like, not only is, like I said before, like, not only is he involved in those backline players off Hunt, giving Ravalawa the ball, but also I just, those high balls that Hunt puts up and the chase that he puts on, mm. he just, he, he, he makes the contest 50-50 every single time. So I'm huge on him. He's a guy that I'm not, scared to reach for in the 2024 draft. We uh, we can't talk about Zach Lomax for 10 minutes and not mention the obvious, you know, huge downside is that you just have to be watching the Dragons week in, week oh, out. You yeah, have to be really yeah. heavily invested oh, in them. And honestly, maybe it's stupid. But that's that's, that's tough a big enough factor for me, honestly. Tough enough. Mm, that that is that they tend to play the vast majority of their games on a Sunday afternoon, so he's a good uh-huh. little option to have there. You can normally see your VC throughout the weekend and whatnot, which I like having, but Christ, uh, yeah, there's so much upside, but just so much that worries me at the same time. Hard yards. Mm. Hard yards watching those (laughs) games, baby. At least he's the only cunt that's fucking exciting in the team. Before we move on from him, let's say in the trials, uh, Toro Sloan gets injured. Yep. And you know he's going to play fullback. If there is no question about it, uh, I think Ramsey's still no good. He's not a chance. If Tyler Sloan, for whatever reason, wasn't available, all of a sudden it's Zach Lomax and probably Paul Turner for fullback. 
all, if I know he's going to play fullback, he honestly becomes one of the most interesting guys on draft day. Yeah. Yeah, for yep. sure. No, yep. I agree with that. And mainly because of the flexibility he's going to afford you because of the jewel yep. that he'll mm. eventually get. Yeah. That's that's huge. Like, And we'll keep harping on about jewels throughout the preseason, but because we've just been stripped of so many, they are becoming more and more valuable. As we go along, I think and if you're one crazy. of these people that gets Cleary or Hines, and like probably in a deeper league like mine, if you're in a 14 man league and I get back at pick 28, 29, or 28 and 30, or whatever it is, geez, there's there's probably going to be better players than Zach Lomax available there. But getting that jewel and covering a number of positions, if you know he's playing fullback, people will say it's early, but Christ, to get a 60 point CTW when he's playing CTW and now jumping into fullback with goal kicking. He goal kicking, very yeah. Nice. Uh, Who? Ha, ha, how many players tick all those boxes? Exactly. Right. It's just, it's crazy. No. It's he's very, very interesting. Yeah, like it's very about boys. It doesn't happen about, right, but I think it's the right call. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Right. Are there any other situations? so far in the preseason that you think are worthy of chatting, chatting about before we get into the CBA talk? Uh, none that really pop up to me, boys. I think you've covered all the main ones, and I think that you know all the other minor ones that are getting around, I think we'll have a much clearer view of it mm. all come trials as we will with everyone we've just spoken about. And, and the funny thing is, like, all everything that we spoke about so far, there's some real value to be had there. And it's up to you guys listening to keep your, your finger on the pulse, you know, follow on socials, do your own research as well, you know, make sure you watch all the trials, get as many podcasts in your fucking lug holes as you can get in them and prep hard for this because I can't remember a season where there was this much up in the air at this point where you're just like, things could fall and drastically change your opinion on blokes. Mm. Usually there's like it's a handful sexy. of teams, but it's almost close to 17 teams are all got a lot of question marks over certain positions. And and we're not even talking about like, oh, yeah, he could be okay. Maybe I'll pick him up in you know round 15, blah, blah, blah. Most of what we're talking about are guys that we, we're – like if it works out, we're going to reach for these motherfuckers. Mm. Yeah. So huge implications, massive implication, which for me is exciting. It's going to make draft day – one hell of a day, and it's already Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, there's always cunts in your league that don't do the, the research, that turn up, hungover, don't give a fuck. They're like, whatever. And you just look at him and you just go, oh, I'm going to make you my bitch today. <laughs> Hold on to this pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to walk the yard and stay close and hold on to this pocket, bitch, because it's going to be a long day for you, pal. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Let's get into the could be anything. And I love, I love how it's CBA and the CBA Association. It's, it's growing legs, bro. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's great. And it's got to a point now where pressure's building, bro, because you're that good at it that, you have to back it up now every year, and you haven't missed for us. Uh, obviously, on the bloke podcast, you've always got you know a state of origin smoky or a guy that's going to make it big, and you've nailed them as well. But here on the wire, we want to we want to talk about some guys that obviously might get a shot throughout the season. Guys that you think that maybe 
a one injury away, come in, could be very super coach relevant. The type of guys that if you take a punt on, on draft day and they're in your side and something happens and everyone, I was talking about this the other day, Walker, oh, everyone yeah, starts yeah. going, yes, oh, I'm first pick on the waiver. And they start searching for him and they go, where the fuck is this cunt? And then they pick, they click on teams and they go, someone's that, already got that him. sneaky motherfucker. They're the guys we want to talk about, babe. Yeah, and um, I'll be honest with you, boys. It's probably uh, a little bit earlier than what I anticipated, so I need to go through and have a bit of a deeper look. I'm sort of like, I want results, not excuses. Yeah, Let's start. <laughs> they will, they will come as we go. I've sort of got a very long list of guys here that I think are worth keeping an eye on, mm-hmm. um, and it's getting harder as well because I get asked about this all the fucking time, and I'm naming guys all the time, like before. You know, the Hopgood thing. Like, I, I didn't talk about him the year before because no one wanted to fucking hear about it, whereas now a guy like Ido, who would have been a massive one for me this year, I've been talking about him for two years now. So everyone's already aware of him and whatnot. Um, it's like that, that the Carl Barron skit where he keeps saying rolled oats and after a while, rolled oats, rolled oats. What are rolled oats? He forgets the meaning of what rolled oats are. You've said it so many times. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a lot of these guys on the list that I've spoken about already last year. So, if, you know, obviously Rub Down and Guru listeners, some of these names you would have heard before. Mm. But obviously Iro at Cronulla, I absolutely mm. love this kid. I think he's a superstar in waiting. Yeah, yeah. But you're relying on Craig Fitzgibbon making a change to his side. So, fuck knows. Uh, I think the big yeah. advantage, though, for Iro this year is that Connor Tracy has left. So he is without a doubt next man up. Um, I was staying in communications with him at different points throughout last season when he was 18th man, and he genuinely thought he was a sniff every week. So I think he is getting closer and closer to making a debut uh, with Connor Tracy gone. I am confident. Uh, Put put it this way. If you're one of those Sharkies outside backs, you do not want to give this kid eight weeks to show what you can do. You don't want to get injured. You don't want to get suspended, any of that stuff. The problem is that when you look at that Cronulla Sharks back line, they're all very oh. established first graders. That's the yeah. thing. That yeah. it's so hard to get in. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to break into that side. Uh, I just, that's the worry I have. But I think his best opportunity to get in there is if Fitzy moves Sifatalakai into the middle or onto an edge mm-hmm. and he plays left center. But at the end of the day, and, you know, I, I see a lot of super coach people on social media saying that's what he has to do, that's what he's going to do. At what point has Craig Fitzgibbon shown you any fucking indication that he's going to move Sipsalica? Like, none Mm. whatsoever. Yes, there's defensive problems, all that sort of stuff, but the fucker averages 180 metres out of centre. It's just about the best in the league. So, I don't know. He's right up there for me. And if one of those boys in that back line gets uh, an injury, a season-ending injury, Euro will absolutely dominate. What would be his ideal position? Uh, I think it's centre. He can play fullback. Uh, I haven't seen him play as much fullback, to be fair. But I okay. do think that if they need a fullback, they will probably lean towards Cade Dykes before it. Yeah, okay. Um, I think he's yeah. next up in the back line, centre or wing. Uh, if is I- there is there a world where Wilton doesn't work out and they move Telekai to back row and Iro comes in at centre? I think there is definitely a world where that could happen. Um, I would be... Ito is one of those guys that I think has got so much upside and he's in a good footy side that scores points that I would be drafting him as if he's starting at centre because the opportunity will come eventually and I believe he's good mm-hmm. enough to stay in that side. To hold on to it, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I will be looking at him very closely, but I think he'll be very popular. He'll be another guy that a lot of people will be talking about in Classic. Um, Wong, we've already spoken about him at the Sydney Roosters. He's another one that I am 
beyond filthy. Got him written down. Yeah, but I'm, you know, everyone knows about Wong now. He's he's not a secret anymore. Um, and I've been sucking his dick for two and a half I years. Can, I can see the table rise in front of you as you're talking yes, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah. so Wong, I think, is a huge one. Uh, he's he's probably the one that I've spoken about the most over the last years. I think he explodes. Uh, Puru, we've already spoken about him at the Camper Raiders. I really like the look of him. If he gets a spot on that side, God knows, trying to work out what Ricky Stewart's going to do, especially with a small forward. Fucking miss me. Uh, but I think he's got a lot of ability. I think a really interesting guy, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think Tom Jenkins heading up to the Newcastle Knights is very yeah. interesting. I think he is every chance to land on the right wing for the Newcastle Knights. If he does, it's an interesting scenario. Very yeah. interesting scenario. Well, we, if saw he does, he, we saw what he did in those few games. Bro, he's a finisher. Season. He's a natural mm. finisher. And the thing that I love most about it is that he's got Dane guy inside him. You have a look at Dane um, Gagai, he averaged 70-odd last year, and all he did was pass the fucking football, break a tackle, yeah. load, create opportunities. Um, KP, you know, starting to play a bit more down that edge too. Um, can you imagine a world where KP wins a Dahlia medal and the right winger scores 25 tries in a season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He used to not pick the Newcastle right winger simply because KP never crossed. Mm, yeah. Whereas now, 25 tries in a season, the tries will be there. Does he score 25? Probably not. But if he scores 18 or 19 and you're getting him late because no one fucking knows who he is, you're absolutely flying. Well, so, Gago had like 16 try involvements when he take right. out his tries. Like, Gago's that's going to be a massive impact. He's ever played right now. Mm. It is insane. Yeah. Like, he is just on a tra- running a train on other sides at the moment. His planet. base power was like 58 or something. Yeah. That's something wild like that. I'm sitting there yeah, with 58 him on the nose. Car. In my classic side, just going, how the fuck aren't people owning this guy? He is just mm, absolutely yeah. dominating. Uh, so Jenkins, I think, is a big one. Obviously, Talos Duncan, uh, we've spoken about him a lot. I think if you can get him, you go and get him. Um, Gordon Chan, come Tong. Uh, I've heard you guys pronounce yeah, his name yeah. 99% of the time on your podcast so far. It's, uh, I'll, 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 I'll just, as 100%. I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> look, I'll correct you there, Guru. It's Gordon, come on your chin. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Gordy is a very, very talented player. Uh, he will sit behind Lockie Croker, I believe. Um, I think he'll be the 14 come round one. There is another kid there, I believe his last name's Humphreys, who's impressed so far in preseason. Uh, but I think Gordon will grab that jersey. Um Hooker's just fucked, as you guys know, and as all the rules. Yeah, it's not a great uh, position. Gordon, I don't know. I, I think that of all the options that could, if an injury falls their way and they could grab big minutes, he's probably the one that I like the most. Oh, so he's, uh, your, he's your Sonny Luke of the season? Yeah, he uh, is my Sonny right, Luke, right, which right, means right, avoid right. like the fucking yep, yep, play. Yep. Okay. Um, I think a really interesting one's up at the North Queensland Cowboys. And I think this guy's a little bit raw at the moment, but uh, Valia, who left the New Zealand Warriors, uh, oh, he yeah. has so much fucking upside. And mm. the thing that fills me with confidence at the Cowboys is that they signed um, Valame from the Amber mm. uh, Raiders a couple of months ago. And I wouldn't have picked when, – when Valame was at the Raiders, I wouldn't have picked him in my Oz tag team. I, he just looks so far <laughs> from a first grader to me. And he arrived up at the North Queensland Cowboys and he looked an absolute billion. So Vallejo, in my opinion, is more talented than him. He's raw, uh, but fuck, he's got so much potential. And I, I thought Labart was an automatic in that side to land at centre, and he, he mm. probably still is, but I'm telling you, this Vallejo, if he gets an opportunity, fuck. Big boy too, isn't he? Uh, Big yeah. unit. I'm not sure, quite sure how it's going to translate to Supercoach just yet, if I'm honest with you. But I think if the Cowboys are humming, which we know they can, 
he is going to be such a fucking handful in that side. Funny. Um, what else have we got here? A, a, a couple of guys that are already sort of established. Uh, another one that sort of came on late last year was Sandon Smith, um, oh, who yeah. um, I think you guys might have spoken about him the other day in a podcast I was listening to, and I agree with everything you said. He's a guy that I actually don't think he'll be in the Rooster 17 come round one, mm. um, but he's a guy that I can see myself drafting knowing that he is probably one injury away from being a starting half in a very good side who he has shown he can handle uh, the best of them. Um, Especially he, when you take into consideration that knee of um, of Walker's. Walker, uh, the knee of Walker, the head of Kiri. Uh, there's a lot of things going mm. on there that could play a role. Um, caught up with Connor Watson a, a couple of weeks ago. Met him for the first time. Was talking to him. He seems reasonably confident that he's going to get that 14 jersey, um, yep, yep. which which makes sense. Uh, that's what he was brought to the club for. Sandon Smith, I think, played well enough to keep it, but I think Connor will have first dibs there. Um, yep. So Sandon Smith, I think he's a guy that I'll probably get late, and I'm happy to be a little bit patient with him. Uh, I think he's only halfback, is he? He's only halfback. Yeah, only halfback, yeah. So <laughs> there's every chance if he comes in and plays more nine or whatever it might be, uh, there's every chance he gets dual at some point, which could make mm. him very, very interesting. He's a very long-term play. Um, but, you know, my, my comp, we added a bench spot last year to go to five, and I'm looking at that extra spot as being a real project guy. Yep. And Sandon's got project written all over him. Mm. So he's a very interesting guy. Um, guys, I'll tell you what, one guy you didn't mention in your front row forward conversation was Terrell May. I reckon Big boy. He absolutely explodes mm. this season. I love him. And people won't pick him because they'll go, oh, he can't get the minutes. I'll give you the hot tip. He doesn't fucking need the minutes. He is an abs. He is just an – he is like a at his peak. He is just – his PPM is just insane, and guys just can't fucking tackle him. You mm. see the roost as soon as he comes off the f- on the field, they all just flood the middle because they know what he's capable of doing. Um, he, I absolutely love thing about. Oh, sorry, I love most things about Terrell May. I hate the way that he's talking about going to sign for any other club that'll fucking have him. That yeah. uh, that doesn't bode overly well at the Roosters. Uh, no. Terrell May is no. a guy that I can see going a little bit early on because I think he's got so much potential. Um. A guy down at the Canberra Raiders that I think he has a, a, a bit of a breakout season this year is Ata Mariota. I loved him. Oh, Mariota, he played a few games last year. Very season. impressive. Yeah. Once again, Horsburgh, Tarpanay, Smithies, Gula, a lot of mouths to feed there, but he's a guy that I just think mm. he, he looks like the next Josh Papali'i to me. That's what I see in him. Um, and Josh Papali'i's obviously taken up a spot too. So I'm not sure if the minutes will be there or whatnot, but, geez, I'll tell you what, if the Raiders have a bad injury run in their forward park, keep an eye on Mariota because I think he will absolutely explode this year. Um, the West Tigers, you've obviously got my little mate Latu who's there. Um, I would have to assume the halves are going to be Aiden Caesar and Bud Sullivan. Uh, yep. If one of them yeah. wants to go down, I think Latu is the next man up, Latu Finu. Um, do I think he's ready for first grade at the moment? Probably not. Uh but if he gets in there, he will come up with opportunities. I believe he's dual. Maybe one of you can do all that whilst we're sitting here. Um, but even if he – I think he might only be halfback maybe. Um, it's interesting because Aiden says he's old as fuck, so. Yes, old as fuck, yes, which – yeah. I, and, and, mate, Bud Sullivan, I love he's him. He's 5'8", 5'8", only. 
He's 5'8 only, okay. That doesn't help. But 5'8 is a bit of a shit kicker spot. It's, at the a, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult spot. So, And I'll tell you what, if you manage to land a, you know, as you guys spoke about, you know, draft strategy, if you guys manage to land a Harry Grant or you manage to land a Jeremy Marsh King or a hooker you're happy with, and you might then go, hey, 5'8 is going to be my spot that I go, fuck it. Latu Ooh. might be the to grab. Mm. go fuck it with it anyway. Grab Latu, see what happens. If you find another 5'8 throughout the season, good as gold, but I don't mind Latu as your guy. Once again, if it's going to be halfback that you go, fuck it, Sandon Smith is probably your guy Mm. there just to be patient with. Mm. Um, One of the Broncos, who I think he's probably a little bit away from getting in there, but uh, Josh Carapani, uh, who was at the South Sydney Rabbitohs last year, a center with a lot of talent. Um, I'm not quite sure why he's left South Sydney. There wasn't really much said, which – usually indicates maybe an attitude thing no one wants to talk about. Uh, but yeah. I don't know that. That's just me going off that there's there was really nothing said about it. He's arrived at the Brisbane Broncos. They've obviously got a lot of outside backs up there, but there are spots available there as well. Um, mm. And, you know, if something happens that this Cobo move doesn't play out the way they're expecting, they'll be looking for a genuine center and Carapani could be one. Just one to keep an eye on. I think he's probably a little bit further down the pecking order. Uh, Penrith. Boys, there is some gold sitting out there at Penrith. Um, I heard you talk about always is. the other day. Now, yeah. Lindsay Smith, yep. I think, super coach-wise, very good player. Boys, I thought in the finals, he really hurt his chances. I, I thought he was mm. – he just struggled defensively. Not in a super coach point of view, but I just think from a Penrith Panthers point of view – yeah, I'm okay. Not the, I'm not sure if the stocks will be as high on him. Um, Maverick Geyer is one that I think will come in. Yeah, time. definitely. I think, I think he's a very good chance to nab Jersey 17. Um, there's another front row forward there. I believe his name's Liam Henry. Uh, I reckon mm, he's yeah. a very good chance to grab that front row forward spot. And as you guys said on your podcast the other day, um, you know, there's not huge minutes for that Penrith pack, especially the middles. They do rotate quite a bit. You know, Isaiah Yo is going to play big minutes. So. Not a stack of opportunity there, but the advantage is that the front row forwards don't play huge minutes. You almost said the Penrith Panthers, if you can become the main front row forward off the bench, it really is the sort of gold spot to be. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's, a, that's the thing. Because you've got Leota and JFH really not commanding a lot of minutes, you could come off the bench and actually command the line share of minutes yep. quite yeah. easily. Yeah, for Ooh, sure. So, I mean, Spenny Lenny would have taken up a fair few minutes and they've, they've got to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Henry's name is. Yeah, I had it right the first time. Um, he's one that I think is worth keeping an eye on. Um, Canterbury, a lot of talk about Sam Hughes coming out of there. Uh, oh, I know yeah. has been impressed with him. Um, I haven't seen too much of Sam Hughes, to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, but, mate, I was I was thinking about the other day, like, I was sitting there going, fuck, is Josh Curran really going to be there 13? And then I went through their squad and I'm not sure if I can see a world where Josh Curran isn't there 13. and Mate, I have no idea mm. who's going to partner Max King in the front row. Um, it is their, their middles are absolutely fucking shot. Tra- they're trash, aren't they? Oh, mate, and we saw Jacob mate, Preston. Liam, Liam Knight was the option, wasn't he? Well, mate, Liam Knight might be the second best front row forward at that club, and like I, I don't even know if Max King's fit. He seemed to carry an injury every single round last year. He had a sternum injury. Uh, sternum injury, yeah. So ho- hopefully that's recovered and sweet. But mm. Sam Hughes is one. I'm hearing that uh, Patolo, who they've been very high on the last two years, he just seemingly can't get his body right. And it sounds like that's the scenario again at Canterbury. So middle forwards there, there's an opportunity. A couple of guys up at the Broncos. And I think super coach wise people are going nuts for Fletcher Baker. Um, Natty, you're a Roosters fan. 
there hasn't been much that I've seen from Fletcher Baker that has made me think he's going to go up there and absolutely brain it. Yeah, not, uh, not once. He, he's going to, he's going to fill the same role that Flegler did. Yeah, I'm not convinced he will. I, I'm yeah. not even convinced he fills that role. I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I didn't understand the signing they the day they signed him. Mm. And when they signed him, it made me sort of – and, you know, I heard five weeks before that the Broncos were looking at him, and I just thought, surely fucking not. So I, I watched mm. him closely for the rest of the season, sort of going, oh, is there something I'm missing here? If I am if I was missing it, I still am. I just don't quite see it. What I do no. see, though, and he is in the- – Who's the big – Who's the big bit of gear that plays there at the Broncos? So there's Ben Takura. I think Ben Takura is the one you're going to hear about. There is Xavier Wilson. Yep. He just if yep. he can get his body right, he's great as he's, well. He's he's amazing. Knows. Ben Takura is the one you're thinking of, though. I think Natty. He is a big bit of yep. gear. He played in the trials last year. He's an absolute monster. Mm. Um, I know the Broncos see him as a Payne Haas potential sort of guy. Yep. He's one to watch. The other one that I think Supercoach wise, um, and he, he he's in the Supercoach system at the moment. I was talking about it a little bit over the last few years. His name's Jaden Hunt. Uh, he played at the St George oh, in the last few years. He is an absolute just PPM. He's fantastic. He just gets through so much work. He doesn't have much upside, but I, I think he is a little smoky up there in Brisbane. I think he's another one Ooh. to keep an eye on. Um, I fucking hate that I've given you so many front row forwards. Uh, <laughs> The other one that's dual position, down at the Dragons, that forward pack is fucking rank. I don't know what he's doing there. Mm. Um, I saw you guys post that thing about uh, Jack DeBellin the other day. Uh, my only counter to that would be, and it's something that I noticed last year, mate, every time Shane Flanagan was commentating on a Dragons game, he always seemed to point out that he thought DeBellin was playing too many minutes. Oh, oh no! Oh, this is good. This is what we got here, bro. Like yeah. fuck, this is the oh, things we need to know. Even in. But then I I listened to your reel the other day explaining your thought process, and I don't disagree with anything you said. The minutes are there. Someone's mm. got to fucking play, and they're going to run with two hookers. Blake Laurie, he can't play more than fifty-five, in my opinion. Mm. Who else is there? You would have to think it's Debellin, well, the, the two Molo brothers that could they play fuck all well, the rest of them. But Blocker's the one that's got uh, all the minutes uh, for the big boys, and he plays 51 minutes and has the and last three years. Low minutes. Yeah, yeah I, I'm far from convinced that Flano's going to play JDB for the minutes that he probably should. And maybe that changes the season goes on, the worse they get. Uh, but I think the one to keep an eye on, he moved from the Manly Seagulls last year, Viliami Fafita, um, just has big upside, big, big upside. And I think that – I think Flano will just – you know, I think based on that team, I think very few of them have an ownership of a jersey, probably outside of Blocker, Jack DeBellin. Sounds like he might be doing some toggling, yeah. some tinkering. Yes. Yeah. So I, mate, if I was Shane Flanagan, I'd be saying in the trials, you got the charity shield, fucking, there's five jerseys in the middle. Whoever fucking grabs them, it's yours. And we'll see Ooh. where we go. Yeah. So, Army Fafita, I think he's one with a bit of upside to keep an eye on there. Um, Mav Gaia, he's another one that I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, there's, yep. there's a few getting around. We'll, we'll sort of wait until trials and see who appears uh, to go a little bit deeper on them. But those are sort of the guys that I'm ballpark looking at at the moment. But to be honest with you, uh, like a guy like Wong, I feel super confident on, but you guys already know about Wong. Yep. I, at the moment, I don't really have a feel of like a Hopgood or a Connor or someone that I am yeah, okay. be cool. no one knows that is going to absolutely explode. Um, and I think a lot of people will grasp onto Chevy Stewart is going to be the guy or 
I just think a lot of them are very raw, and I think that if you're telling me they're going to be the breakout guys, you're probably just grasping to say something. Um, yeah. I, I don't want this CBA thing to be – like I don't want to throw someone there if I'm not confident on them. Uh, yeah. I'm confident on Eero if he gets the opportunity, which I'm not convinced he will. I'm confident yeah. on Jenkins if he gets the opportunity. I'm hyper-confident on Wong if he gets the 80 minutes. Uh, but a lot of it's just going to come down to opportunity and who gets Ooh. it realistically. Well, mate, the CBAs in draft land have always been the guys that you take a pun on, yeah. and it may work out or it may not because you're not completely confident on, but they're the guys that you're, you're punting on late. Yeah. So they're guys that are worth a punt, especially – Yeah, how many? And, I mean, we haven't gone down that road, but a lot of leagues, especially with the HIAs – and everything that's come out have extended their benches to be, you know, like an eighteen, uh, an eight-man bench, something like that, which affords you the ability to have punts on these CBA guys that you can get in your bench and be like, righto, fucking let's see how you go. It's it's not going to bother your output as as a super coach team because you know you've got the the depth there to carry these guys, and mate, that's that's what you got to do because. These late picks, don't be trying, don't overthink the room when it comes to your late picks. Mm. It's all for punts. It's all fucking punting. Just yep. just have big punts. You're better off having a fucking punt on a guy like Eero or one of the guys that you mentioned, Guru, than taking a guy that you know is going to come off the bench, get 45 points in the front row and have him on your bench. Fucking boring. Mm. Miss me yeah. with that. Oh, I think the one guy I forgot to mention once again because he's so like he's only played one or two games now because he's such in the public eye. Saw a far long go at the Melbourne Storm. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah. guys know mm. how long I've been high on him, but everyone's well mm. and truly aware of him. Like he played the Kangaroos twice last year, so everyone's well and truly aware of him, and everyone knows that if Papi goes down, he is the next guy to step yep. into that role. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he's drafted because um, there's every chance he ends up. Uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, they, they might end up. Is there a chance they on play the on, the, on the wing? Yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah, a, a lot of people saying they reckon he's a sniff to play center or wing. I, I think defensively he'd really struggle out there. Mm. Uh, he, he played wing in, in reserve grade. To be fair, when, when Pappy was in that team, I think the chat of him playing center is a little bit off the mark. Though I can't see that. Um, yeah. The other guy that I, if you if you draft Pappy. You need to seriously look at him mm. as a handcuff yeah, option. You need an insurance policy there. One hundred percent. The other guy who's not a well, two guys actually. They're not could be anything's, but they are guys that I think are interesting. Obviously, Bronson Zeri is one of them returning to the Canterbury. Mm. I think he starts slow. I'm not expecting Canterbury to absolutely jump out of the ground, but Bronson is a very very talented player. He is lightning quick. Um, Point to prove narrative. Point which I love. Prove, yeah, I've I've watched him train a number of times over the last few weeks down there with um Roger Fabrin. He is absolutely fucking flying. He's very quick. He's a big body. I I reckon he'll you'll probably see him lose a bit of weight, like lose a bit of size as the season moves forward. I probably think he's a little bit too big at the moment for center, um, but I think he'll drop that very quickly, and I think he'll be a good pick. The other one, boys, which will sound super boring, but I would be more than happy at some point on draft day to take a punt on Tom Eisenhuth. I reckon there is every chance that he gets an edge spot for the Dragons. Um, mm. Early days, but was having a look at some Dragons training photos the other day that by the look of it was evidently a training run. 
Uh, Jaden Sewell was on the left, and it, in every single photo, Tommy Eisenhuth was sort of on the right outside Benny Hunt. So um, not a super exciting guy, but if he locks down 80 minutes, which I reckon there's every chance that Flano would just love to have someone he can just fucking rely on. Uh, to mm. there. Tommy Eisenhuth, dual position, 2RF, CTW. If he plays 80 minutes in the second row, thanks for coming. Yep. That's 50 to 55 points bankable. Yeah, never have to look at it again. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because, mate, he um he toils when he gets on the field. Like, wasn't getting a lot of minutes at Storm, but when he got them, uh, yeah, he was dependable with that PPM for sure. Yeah, there's uh, there's another kid at the Tigers, no, the Dragons, sorry, that I like. I'm just looking for his name. I'm blanking on his name. He is a center. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised if he does come into the side. If anyone wants to pat me for a second until I find his name. It's, it's interesting that you said so. I'd rather watch him drown, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, yeah. oh, there he is. Uh, he's at the very bottom of the CTW list. Uh, Tamale, T-A-M-A-L-E. Uh, if Zach does move to center. You're assuming Jack Bird does play centre, but I wouldn't be surprised if this kid grabs a spot somewhere in first grade throughout the year. And if he gets an opportunity, if there's a long-term injury and you see him named, uh, he is one that I would grab in a heartbeat. But specialist centre rather than could play wing. Yeah, I've only ever seen him play centre. So I th- I mean, yeah, okay. I'm sure you, you could jag him on the wing if need I'm, be. I'm, but, I'm um, just thinking Figo has to go at some point. Yeah, no, keep you know, keep him there, keep him there, bro. Because every every week I make money. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, the winger that's running. I mean, I mean defensively, he needs to go. Yeah, he's the cause no, of so many trolls. Keep keep him there, bro. Yeah, cash cow. That's, um, that's probably For what me. we're looking at at the moment, boys. Okay. But we'll, have, uh, we'll have more, and I think I'm going to narrow it down to a top five or something. Uh, it's we'll a strong list. I love that. It's a strong list. So yeah. I'm and very. You know what? When you're putting your pre-draft list together, these are the names you start moving up just yeah. in case. Just in case. Do you know what I mean? Like this, there's a fucking sea of no names that will be completely irrelevant, but you might as well start moving these cunts up. Once, obviously, Supercoach opens and you start can start stinker tinkering with your fucking uh, pre-draft list every single morning. Mm. But these are the guys who start moving up just in case. Just I'll tell in you, case. Uh, boys, who the other one is that, uh, most people won't be interested in him, but I think he's a serious sniff come round one to be halfback. I reckon Hutcho at the Bulldogs. Walker's uh, been talking Roosters? about Hutcho. Yeah. yeah, like we, we saw what he did at the Roosters. And, yeah. and you know, obviously, in hindsight, Robbo made the right decision, brought Walker back in and Walker killed mm-hmm. the finals. But, Natty, once again, you can talk more on it, but I felt like it was Hutcho that actually turned your season around. Yeah. Uh, he straightened everything up and he, he got the car back on the road and then Sam Walker jumped in the seat um, and put the icing on top. But, mate, I would not be surprised at all if we get to round one and Phil Gould and Serrato have gone, Hacho, you got a little bit more experience, a little bit better defensively. We're going to go with you at halfback. He's so dependable. And the mm. thing is, he's he's a bit of a victim of his versatility. He's the, he's the perfect 14 in every single side. Yeah, uh, But... You're right. He came on for the Roosters and just brained it. And whether that's because he had nothing to lose and he was like, look, I'm just going to fucking play with complete and utter abandonment because what have I got to lose? You know, I've got to show them what I'm worth, but also I've got to show other teams what I'm worth as well to try and get a contract, whether that was the case or it is part of his his game. Um, But I agree. He's definitely a sniff there. Like Sexton was great. 
But it's a it's a small sample size, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's and the, that's I, I think the big, they will be battling it. It's the big risk with Sexton. Like he came came on like for on a sock last season. I think he had a um, I think it was a try contribution every um, no one and a half try contributions every game. And look at the Dragon at, at the um, the Titans, he was a bit part player, and then he kind of got shafted when Foz came along. It's it's a tough one to say with 100% certainty where they're going to land and whether Serrato's had some thinking over the off-season and obviously had some chats with Gould, as you mentioned. I'm not confident. I, I've, I, I'm huge on Sexton. Um, but, yeah, I think defensively you can get caught out. Just uh, just having a look at the back end of Hacho's season when he actually was playing halfback for the Roosters, granted. Very small sample size, I get that. Uh, he played 80 minutes at halfback against Manly, scored 42. He played 80 minutes against the Dolphins, 130. Then 80 minutes against Parramatta, scored 48. So uh, the thing that stands out for me, though, is when playing halfback in those last two games, he base started 50 and 44. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, so, like, he's a hard worker. And, like, there's, there's other games here when he comes on at 14. He plays 38 minutes. And he, yeah, like, he's just got a lot of work in him. I, I, I love everything about Hacho and I think that if you if you go back to, you know, when Canterbury's been successful, they've been a tough, gritty fucking side. I feel like Hacho just kind of fits that. He, he just he does, 100%. Like, yeah. The only thing I'll say, and playing devil's advocate here, is when Toby Sexton did come onto the, the, the Bulldog side, he changed Burton's game yep. and he really made Burton a running 5-8, which is when we see the best of Burton, when he doesn't have to worry about steering the ship around. So is it that a true half for the Canterbury Bulldogs brings out the best in Burton? Yep. Will Hutcho do that? Don't know. Could He could do. Fuck, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying that maybe that's why they brought Toby Sexton to the club to say to Burton, don't worry about fucking the X's and O's, brother, just play eyes up, which is what he did. And you mm. can see these super coach points in, in the gust of the season there. He started fucking putting it on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a bit to bit to go on there at the, at the Bulldogs. And actually, there's a lot of scenarios at the Bulldogs that are very interesting. You mentioned Bronson Sherry, uh, Viliami Kikau coming back. If he's fit and healthy on that left edge, that left edge is going to be fucking sexy as hell on paper anyway. Um Max King carrying that uh, that that injury all mm. year. If he's fit, coming in like he he was super consistent. Max King throughout the entire year, and I mean he's not a sexy pick by any means, but he might have three or four points of value in him coming into this season if he's good to go. So there is some interesting points. Critter coming into the side. Yeah. I mean, someone mentioned on on um, Instagram to me that Critter might take the goal kicking. Now I don't think that'll happen. Burton kicked it an 85% clip last year, so I don't think Critter takes it. But, again, it's a talking point. Yeah. There's a lot going on there at the at the Bulldogs, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll be avoiding most of it, I think. Uh, I'm just yeah. confident enough that they turn it around. Bronson becomes really interesting to me, but, mm. um, yeah, I owned him a couple of years ago. He was, he was a big fucking CBA for me, Bronson. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't know, with Canterbury. I think that Kikau, a lot of people are going to get very excited about him again. <laughs> I'm not even going to be looking at him. No, 
I will never touch a edge back rower that has a base under thirty nine. Mm. was the most destructive back rower in rugby league at one point. He was also, in my opinion, the best ball playing back rower at one point as well. In the best side we've potentially ever seen, and I think he averaged sixty. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just we've never been a big fan of him. Like, yeah, we've we've always avoided him. It's it's almost like the eye test fools people. People are watching him on the weekend going, how is this bloke not picked up? Or, you know, like, so I have to draft so this guy early. Uh, Everyone's talking about it. The, the commentators are pulling their puds over him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you just get whipped up into the kick-out frenzy, and it's like, hang on. The cunt made six tackles and 11 runs if you take out his fucking line break and try. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he's, he's, he's Nanai. He, he is. Jeremiah Nanai and Veliyama Kikau are two edge back rowers I will never touch. Yeah, I, I just can't do it with Kikau. I'm just getting yeah. up his stats now from that year. He, um, it ended up being 65 that he averaged. What do you reckon his base stat average was that, that year that he absolutely fucking killed it? I'm just getting it up now. Probably 30, 36. 35. 34. So, yeah, even less. Absolutely yeah, wow. potentially Ooh. the greatest side ever. On an edge that, honestly, they literally designed that entire edge around him. Isaac Tungo was right yeah, on yeah. the decoy for him every fucking time, and he was he was almost playing second row slash fullback on that edge. Um, he was, essentially, because Dylan Edwards never went down that side, and he averaged 65. I mean, fucking please. Yeah. Effectively, you're, you're picking a winger. Yes. You're, yeah. Mm, that, you'll get that type of score. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll have a great name that'll be frustrating as fuck. Uh, yep. but yeah, and I'll tell you what, if, if you do manage to get him and he scores a try three, if he scores three tries in three weeks and he's averaging 70 at that point, trade sell, him. Sell him. Sell him. Yeah. Sell, 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 baby. Get rid of him. Get fucking rid of him. <laughs> abort, abort. Same, same goes with Jeremiah and I, like if he catches three, three high balls and scores three tries in the first three weeks, mm. get rid of that cunt as quick as you can. Yep. Mind so, you, coming off, a, coming off a 46 average, he is going to be down on a lot of people's pre-draft lists. So has the potential to slide a bit. You take him, Booker. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, take you him, know Booker. that I don't, I don't like him. In Supercoach. <laughs> Oh, good gear, boys. Good gear. Lot yeah. to think about. Lot to think about. The fucking the cogs are turning. <laughs> Juices are flowing. I'm gonna be dreamy about some of these CBAs tonight. Mm. I don't know that much. Oh mate, you'll be, you'll be uh, dreaming uh, about things coming on the CBA front. It's gonna be like nothing we've seen before. So stay tuned for that. Oh, like I cannot I'm, wait. I'm very excited. Very fucking excited. <laughs> Well, I reckon we probably reconvene with The Wire again sort of mid-February. Depending on how Wooker's going being a dad, he may be with us. Otherwise, I'll be representing the the, uh, the rub down. It'll just be me in you, Guru. But we usually sort of dial in on our booms, busts, and sleepers for the 2024 season. So I think that's probably what we should do in February and give everyone – are finalised picks for who we fucking like coming into the the season. Yep. But until then, boys, let's get out of here. Thank you very much for coming on, Guru. Cheers, Guru. Always lovely to see those baby blues. Always Mm -hmm. a chore, never a pleasure, boys. Love you much, Lee. All right. We'll check his... Legend left, everyone. (laughs) Colour drive, boys. Pew, 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 pew. All right, we'll catch us next round. You can take me now. I have seen it.
Get that India. Catch up!